0: This episode of the Dreamer K podcast is brought to you by From Within Records. This Friday, Doubt Surrounds All by Shackled will be up for streaming, which I am so excited for. That record is amazing front to back. I can't wait for all of you to hear it. So please, if you haven't had a chance yet, head over to the From Within Records Big Cartel and go pre order yourself a copy of Doubt Surrounds All by Shackled while supplies last. Also, If you're not following From Within Records on social media, please boot up your Twitter, your Instagram. and Go click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. And like I always say, support From Within Records because they support us. On today's episode, we traveled to New Jersey. We tracked down our good friend Sean. He plays in Prospect. Also plays in Never Again very talented audio engineer, overall great guy. I had a great pleasure to finally be able to sit down and talk with him to hear his story about how he came up in the New Jersey hardcore scene. It was really fun. If you're not familiar with Prospect, Or Never Again, do yourself a favor, hit pause, go boot up your Spotify, your Instagram, your title, go listen to the new promo tape from Prospect. There's a new song and a cover song from The Suicide File. Go check out the new Never Again tape. That band is super fucking awesome. They're doing a lot of cool shit, and they got new stuff coming very soon. But strap in, enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Sean to the show. All right. And we're live. Welcome to the podcast, Sean. How's it going? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you again for doing the podcast. I, I, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, we, you know, We have a ton of mutual friends. I'm a fan of uh, some of the bands that you're in. So uh, thank you for taking the time to do this today.
1: Of course, man. Thank you. I've listened to the podcast and everything and listened to the episodes, especially with my friends and everything. So happy to be here.
0: Okay. So uh, I, I'm just curious uh, for you. Did you grow up in New Jersey?
1: Yeah, I've been here my entire life. I've been in Howell my entire life. Uh, never lived anywhere else. Oh, that, for better or for better or worse.
0: That's awesome. When I think of uh, Howell, New Jersey, the first thing that comes to mind is Shackled. Of course, of course, Shackled. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I love those dudes. Awesome band. Uh, great dudes. Uh, awesome music. So that that, that that's cool. I, I didn't really know um, that you were from that specific area.
1: Yeah, um, a lot of bands are actually from Howell, or like members of bands are from Howell. Like uh, Mike Body grew up in uh, Howell for a, a league. He at least went to high school with me. Same mm-hmm. thing with uh, Matt Dray, uh two members of like Blind Justice. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the dudes in Old Wounds was from Howell. Like, I don't know, just a lot of fucking people. Um, and one of the dudes from this guy, this guy Ken's, is from Howell. He used to be in a lot of bands in the 90s. But um, the funny thing is that uh, those Shackled kids, um, I, I the kids, they're like late 20s, but you know how it yeah, is. But uh, sure. uh, I love those dudes. I've known them a long time. I've known uh, Jake and Andrew for a long while. And I, I booked their old band. What the fuck is their name? Big Brother, like way back at the log cabin in Tom's River.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I remember somebody said how hardcore... I think like jokingly, because it was like, it's just like how hardcore. Like they said it jokingly to me. Hmm. And then I was just like, you know what? No, it's actually fucking legit. Like there is so many fucking people from Howl. Like Howl hardcore is almost, it's, it's pretty much a thing. And we started saying it. And like when the Shackle guys started up, they like took the mantle. And like now they're like for sure like the Howl hardcore guys. I love that they fucking took it. Cause I forget, I forget who said it to me, but they're like, oh, like, blah, blah, blah. howl's like a, you know, uh a nowhere kind of town but like not really like there's so many fucking people from here it's crazy
0: mm-hmm. yeah and they definitely did a good job because like i said when i think of uh Howl or whenever i hear Howell, like Shackled's literally the first thing that comes to my mind so yeah props to them uh it's, it's funny that you mentioned mike body uh because i've never been like formally introduced to, to mike body uh but whenever I, I see him in person i always uh, tell him how much i love uh, blind justice and uh, he's recorded uh uh my friend's band choice to make which you've also recorded uh and yeah. I always give him props I'm like hey like I I love the choice to re- make recordings. You he did and he always seems like semi confused cuz I I always see him at the most random places like the last time I had seen him was in uh Fullerton California uh he was uh, playing the no pressure show and oh, really? yeah and I just came across him in the parking lot and I I always just yeah it's, it's funny cuz I I've, I I've never even introduced myself I always just tell him how much uh, I love the stuff that he does and I just walk away yeah yeah <laughs> He's
1: he's a good dude man I've known him like a long time now he is he, if you go up and introduce yourself and like say like how you knew him or whatever he'll 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 be cool about it like he's a great guy i mean he's in so many fucking good bands it's crazy
0: yeah i know it's, it's crazy but it's cool i i love people like that in hardcore that they're they're so busy and they're just doing so much and i'm, I'm assuming it's because they love hardcore and they have fun doing it so yeah it's something awesome to see people like him staying busy
1: for sure he's been doing like fucking 10 12 years now or whatever Mm -hmm. i remember him like hitting me up when blind justice first started like telling about shows they were doing or whatever i was like hyped and like i couldn't i couldn't believe how fucking quick he is to pick up on stuff like it's like yo out the gate that dude was like the best front man and like he started doing um he started doing muay thai Mm -hmm. uh, which i've done muay thai now for like 13 years or something um and yo when that dude picked it up he 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 picked it up and he was like good in like a few fucking months and I was like what the hell dude this guy's like good at everything immediately I like I respect that a lot I just don't know how the fuck he does it he must just dedicate himself fully to
0: it Yeah there's just some people who are just like a sponge like that right they can just like pick up on things quickly and just excel when yeah I, I I've been those kind of people where I'm like doing shit and I'm like how did you catch up to me so fast when you just started
1: Yeah I got to focus 100% all the way I gotta like laser focus on stuff for a long time and like really work at it mm-hmm. to to get it going. But then once I get it going, it's good. But like it, ta- I really have to focus on
0: shit. Okay, so I'm I'm curious about uh, Prospect. Can you talk about how that band came together? And Is that your first band, or have you done stuff before that? Uh, Prospect
1: is my first band, but it's kind of existed in like two different forms. Like okay. the early form, uh, we should have changed names at a certain point um started in college and i literally just wanted to be in a hardcore band of any sort it didn't matter um what so i could i didn't know of any bands that were like looking for people um so i was just like you know what, i'm just gonna find people to uh to do this so i just like got some people there's like my roommate in college who uh was my drummer at the time and then uh mike who uh was our old guitarist um I just saw him wearing some band shirt. I was like, yo, do you play any instruments? And he's like, yeah, I play guitar. I'm like, you want to be in a band? He's like, yeah, sure. I'm like, okay. And then we just fucking met up and started writing stuff. But we did that for a long time. And, uh, it was like all of our first bands. So none of us really knew how to write music and none of us really knew like the way to do stuff or whatever. So for a, a long time, uh, it like prospects a band for a long time if you consider that part of it
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um and so we we for for a while we just didn't know what we were doing like even the music we were writing it like didn't make sense like like stylistically together and then um when we have our drummer now cole uh when he joined the band we kind of like figured it out and so like since no other way the the ep demo whatever you want to call it that came out in like 28 uh 2018 that mm-hmm. we put out ourselves like since then i consider that like a separate like project so it's like me cole brian uh, mike was our old guitarist and now we have kevin on guitar
0: okay interesting yeah and uh so uh you mentioned no other way uh that came out 2018 um how long were those songs in the works before you guys actually got them uh recorded
1: uh a while we take a long time to write shit. honestly mm-hmm. uh, it was probably over a year that we had to like work on stuff and like we worked on it, like piece by piece by piece um and then the the most popular song that we have on that bootlicker uh we wrote in like a week so i don't fucking know <laughs> maybe i should just do everything like that
0: yes yeah, uh speed up the process uh but i'm curious about the the cover uh, you know there's like the the chain ropes and the boxing gloves was the inspiration behind that um, well,
1: I'm really into like combat sports and everything. I've been doing Muay Thai for like 13 years. Mm-hmm. Um, got the name prospect literally just from reading like MMA articles and like talking about like, Oh, the prospects of the lightweight division or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. just like, all right, that sounds fucking cool. Let's do it. Uh, and so basically it was, it was, it was that like, uh, a lot of like fighting in my life, like the, like the combat sports aspect of it. And then, um, stuff we write is political in nature Mm -hmm. and so i mean political in nature and especially with this next record we're doing we're always talking about like like active participation and stuff and for me personally the person that writes the lyrics i'm i'm someone that believes in like direct action and 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 actually fighting for stuff even if that means like physically sometimes so i'm just fucking uh i just thought it was cool imagery it was good it was a good uh Like starting point for
0: stuff okay hell yeah no i i I dig the cover i'm a huge fan of uh combat sports uh you know last night there was a big boxing event also a big ufc event uh oh yeah so do you follow all that as well because um oh yeah oh that's crazy see i i i had no idea that you were even um involved or interested in that stuff so that gets me really excited because i'm like a a huge fan of that stuff when it comes to combat sports
1: i i love i'm i was um Pre-pandemic, mm. I was coaching muay thai. Oh wow! Uh, I fought muay thai a couple times. I've been, done some jujitsu competitions. Um, I'm done fighting now. I got a neck injury, and it's oh. fucking done. I wish I could still do muay thai, but um, I was coaching it before the pandemic, mm. and uh, and I'll go back to that eventually too. Um, I work in the medical field, so I'm kind of taking a little longer to get back to normal mm. and doing stuff like going back to like an MMA gym and everything. Uh, but yeah, I love that stuff. Did you like the fights last night? They were fucking, they were great. I mean, oh. the MMA. Card, yeah, absolutely.
0: yeah. I I uh, I went zero and three with my uh, picks for the the main card. I was like the the anti uh, Trevor Whitman parlay. Oh yeah. Um, but uh it, it was it was definitely awesome even from like the the early prelims to the main card it was uh seriously uh, like it was one of those rare events where i think uh every portion delivered and wasn't boring uh not too many um real big issues like i i still am pissed off about the rose and, and units decision because i think she lost that fight but other than
1: that i think so too I think so too.
0: yeah but uh, other than that i, I think uh, it was overall a really good card
1: yeah i also don't like rose so i was just like kind of i'm like i'm kind of biased i like i really like Zhang Like she's my favorite female fighter
0: oh wow Um, interesting
1: like i i i mean that fight with joanna that she had was like ridiculous like the the most ridiculous women's fight one of the most ridiculous fights period i've ever seen and just like that made immediately made me like yo i'm I'm a big fan of hers.
0: Yeah, like I, I'll never forget. I was in a casino watching that fight against a uh, you know Whaley uh, uh, Waylee and Yolanda, and I, I remember like you know like with each passing round i was like there's no way this is gonna get crazier and crazier then obviously when like um you got that like giant hematoma on her forehead and made her look like a you know like a Klingon, uh and just made her look really deformed i was like how i i I was really scared that it was gonna like pop at some point and you know who knows what that aftermath would have been like but i was yeah for sure i i was really impressed with uh waley uh but even like going into the the rematch i i had talked about like you know, everybody uh, can get caught, right? And I, I uh, assume she just got caught with that head kick. She also came out and said that the trauma of seeing Chris Weidman, uh, you know, break his leg, you know, before that uh, affected herself. Like, okay, cool, maybe, maybe that's all true, but I felt like if her and Rose actually got into a, a like you know like a fight and not no flash knockouts or whatever uh I felt like uh Whaley had more of the skills to beat her and if you look at and this is my opinion I think she won rounds one two and three uh yeah. people want to argue four could be for Whaley but I don't think so but five clearly for Rose. But it, it was just very frustrating when uh, it, it, you get to that one judge. And I didn't, I didn't even really look at the scorecards, but the one where it was, you know, 49-46 for Rose, I was like, there's no way she won that many rounds. It was such BS. No shot that um,
1: no she won that. Like, the, no shot that she won four rounds. Like, I, I just don't see that. Like, also, like, even round five, I, like I know that Rose clearly won because she, like, had top position, but she, like, didn't do anything with it. yeah It's just true. always a frustrating thing.
0: Yeah, she was, uh, you know, trying to be active, but obviously uh, Whaley was just, like, defending and trying to land shots. But, like, the only frustrating thing about round five is, like, I wish, uh, you know, uh, you know, Whaley, she went and trained with Henry Cejudo um, yeah. down there in Arizona. I, I just wish that, like, yeah. I don't know if they worked on, uh, you know, getting up after being taken down, but uh, the fact that she just didn't really make too much of an effort to get up, even when there was, like, so, like a little bit of space between her and Rose, that was just a little frustrating.
1: I, I don't know. I, like... I, I I'm sympathetic to it because like mm-hmm. also like in order to get up and like to, to make movement happen without being like completely reckless and stupid, mm-hmm. you have to have the other person trying to do stuff. And like personal I mean, I'd have to go back and watch it, but personally I felt like I was watching Rose and when she was doing stuff, she was like she was like flattening down. Like she wasn't like trying to go for, for too much ground and pound. She wasn't looking for a submission or even really the only way she was looking to pass was, like, standing up, backing up, and then trying to pass that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there was, like, not a lot of, like, openings that uh, Whaley could have used to, like, actually get there. But I don't know. I mean, it's also the fifth round. You're fucking exhausted. I mean, True. what else do you do?
0: Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize how much energy you actually you know uh, waste or, um, like, use in a fight, right? And to fight oh, yeah. that long, it's it's grueling.
1: It's ridiculous people think like five minutes it's like no big deal it's like it's it's big it's a big fucking deal it's like brutal
0: yeah that's why if you like you think about like stuff like world star hip-hop or like grind face tv or any of that stuff when you see those random street fight clips on the internet there's a reason why they don't go longer than a minute because it was like people get exhausted and nobody really knows how to fight when you're watching those videos so it's it's pretty crazy
1: have you ever trained
0: yeah i I used to train um, mma back in the day like yeah yeah, like it was like 20, like 2010, like, no, it was like 2009, uh, 2010 for I, I did it for like a year and a half. Um, but then I quickly realized that my dreams of being the USC lightweight heavy, uh, <laughs> me, the USC lightweight champion wasn't going to be uh, realized cause I was too small. And I, I didn't have the same dedication as like the other people in the gym. Cause I'd be coming in to the evening class after my nine to five and, my sparring partner had just got back or just came from across the street there's like a 24-hour fitness across the street he's like yeah like you know i just got done with my strength and conditioning you know i did jujitsu in the morning and here we are you know at the evening class and i'm here to you know spar and work on some wrestling and i'm there like holy shit like <laughs> this is my yeah. first go at it today you know and it, it was fun obviously i i learned a lot because before i i thought i knew how to fight and quickly realized i didn't know shit. but uh yeah yeah but when it came down to it i just kind of thought if i'm not fighting to actually be a fighter um let me save my body and just appreciate it as a fan
1: yeah i mean it's like it is fun to to train i mean i still i i still train i train at home now like just hitting the heavy bag and then okay me and my wife hit pads sometimes because uh, my wife uh trained muay thai for a little bit too not to compete or anything just to just to do it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. So I still train, it's still fun, but like, I don't go nearly the lengths I went to when I was like actively trying to be a fighter and like all that it's, it's, I mean, that's why that's probably part of the reason I have a neck injury and I can't fight anymore is probably because of combat sports and slamming my head into the ground a few dozen times.
0: Yeah. And like I had, I I have friends, like I, I have a friend who's in the UFC and like when I moved to orange County, he was, um, getting ready to move to California and he invited me to, um, you know, like to go train with him at, at a local gym. That's like, you know, pretty known out here. And then even he got invited to this private gym and he was like, hey, like, you know, I I know, like you used to train, like come train, like let's do this. And I'm like, dude, like that you're going to be a fighter. Like, trust me, like you're you're going to go to the regional circuit. You're probably gonna get in the UFC. That's not me. Like, we're on two different paths. Like, I definitely appreciate everything that you're doing. I'm rooting for you. And sure enough, he he, he achieved it. He's there. He's still in the UFC to this day. Uh, but I just knew that. I didn't. I, I couldn't do it because I, I I didn't have the like the 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 same drive to dedicate my life to it. And uh, you know, and it, it, being such a big fan, you know, listening to all the podcasts, uh, you know, following all the um, you know major news sites, I uh, just was realistic about it, right? Because I don't want to go in there and waste anybody's time, and and it would suck um, when I would work my nine to five, go to the evening class, get beat up, go home, shower, go to sleep, and you know, just to do it again. I, I was like, I can't do this. This is crazy. Yeah,
1: it's rough. Who's your friend? If you don't mind saying.
0: Oh, I am not really fun. His name's Khalil Roundtree. He's in. The- oh,
1: dude, that guy rocks. I just saw. Uh-huh. I just saw his uh, article on like No Echo. Didn't you do an uh, Yeah. You uh, on No Echo? Mm-hmm. Fucking rocks. Yeah, yeah. That guy's awesome. I love that. That um when he was soccer kicking that guy in the body on the Ultimate Fighter.
0: Yeah, he's crazy. Fuck- oh, did you see his last fight? Oh yeah, I
1: fucked up that dude's dude. Name. That's crazy. that's
0: that's a scary technique. And for yeah. him to, to land that with that kind of force to like hyperextend that guy's knee. Oh God. It's scary.
1: Yeah. That, that was, I mean, he's got a lot of good stuff. Didn't he? I think, he no- knocked out, uh, go Saki. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: That was like, that shocked me. That really shocked me when he did. Cause like, I mean, Saki is like a crazy, crazy kickboxer and he just fucking knocked him out.
0: Yeah. Rather than the first round too. Uh, so Pretty crazy but yeah so it's just like i i i was realistic about it and um i just didn't have the time and i, I feel like i got into it pretty like pretty late in life like not like super late like okay i started training if it was 2009 2010 i had to be like probably like maybe early 20s i probably 19 or 20 that's how old i was yeah like or, or around that time but you know the, these people had been training wrestling for their whole lives uh you know it's, yeah. it's just hard it's hard to catch up and i i just based off my skills let's just say I, based off like you know obviously I, I wasn't like a world beater in there but i just knew that i wasn't going to be what i wanted to so
1: yeah there's there's something to be said about people that learn later though i mean i've definitely i've met people that have started training in like their 20s and then mm-hmm. like just get really fucking good because they dedicate themselves to it and then also guys I mean, this is not tr- not necessarily true because you know, like so many of the top fighters are like big wrestlers. They wrestled in college. I mean, look at last night. I mean, how many all American re- all American wrestlers were there? There was like four. S- there f- yeah, there's there
0: there there Usman, Colby, Gaethje, and Chandler. Yeah, what?
1: yeah. So there's four all American wrestlers. So clearly, it's not that big a thing. But there are. I've seen some guys that have gone through it and were like high school and college wrestlers, but they get bad. Um, what what's the word I'm looking for? Bad habits.
2: Okay, you yeah, okay. like, bad
1: habits from doing that kind of stuff all the time. Same way that I I was doing full like muay thai, like I was like uh, dedicated to muay thai.
2: Mm-hmm, and
1: mm-hmm. when I was trying to do MMA stuff, I had to adjust stuff based off of what I was doing in muay thai because it's like not great for MMA. So there is like you know people that have done it their whole life. They definitely have an advantage in some ways, but in some ways they also have disadvantages. Where if you learn, if you dedicate yourself to like MMA like fully and don't have all that other stuff going on. There's like stuff you can learn and just like pick up right away, do it the right way the first time. And then it's like in your, it's just in your habits. You know what I mean? But it's like, it's a sport that you can't like half-ass. So like the same thing for like me, as soon as my neck started going, I was just like, I don't think I could do this. Cause if like, yo, if you're not fully, fully in it, you're just going to get crushed. It's just like not worth the brain trauma.
0: (laughs) that and i didn't want to because i had so much respect for the coaches the fact that they were willing to teach me like this like you know crazy art that they knew because like I, i'll never forget like the first time i was like doing uh you know jujitsu with one of the coaches this guy named coach mike and he, he was a black belt and I, i'll never forget him getting on top of me and it just felt like two tons were just like on top me. i could not move and i'm like how the fuck is he doing this and he wasn't like that much bigger than me but the way yeah. that he could control his like center of gravity and his, his weight it was insane i was like and like i you know obviously like i like knew not to like panic and i i, I you know spent so much time <laughs> watching the sports i'm like okay cool let me try to bust out these submissions that i've watched on tv right but yeah obviously not at the high level that, that i've watched but yeah just to get controlled by this guy it was it was seriously such a trip
1: yeah it's a big ego check oh yeah like like people people that don't realize people that have not fought in the ring or have not even trained or whatever everyone thinks that they could just like oh i'm gonna see red and i'm gonna do fucking (laughs) fine and then you like go up against someone that's like way lighter than you way younger than you and they still fucking like control you and own you like before you know what you're doing it's just like the, the the level of which people think that they're able to do is so much lower when it compares to someone someone's like, training all the time
0: 100 i remember they uh we're doing uh you know jujitsu one night and they had brought in this brown belt she was like a pan am champion and i was like okay i was like i've never rolled with a like a, a female before like i wonder what this is going to be like and she was going she was definitely going easy on me She's a, she was a brown but i'm, I'm fresh white belt right so I, I go in there and catch her in a guillotine which i'm pretty sure she let me get on her and i just squeezed the fuck out of her neck and uh whatever uh, she tapped and then sure enough uh we go again she slaps on like the quickest arm bar i've <laughs> i've ever experienced and i was like i'm like yeah there is no way i like got that like you know the first time around like legit she definitely was going easy on me um, yeah but yeah, you have to go in there. Cause like, you get humbled real quick. Cause like, yeah. w- you know, I'm, I'm watching the sport wanting to be the next like Frankie Edgar. And like, I, I step into to, to sp- like, you know, like spar for the first time they patch me or, um, they pair me up with like an actual lightweight, you know, who's like fighting on like the regional circuit down there. And yeah. this guy's like six, three. And I'm like, dude like this is okay like you're finding lightweight but you're definitely not 155 pounds right now and it was it was, it was just like kind of like a real eye-opening experience that that yeah. it was definitely not going to happen
1: dude it's i remember i mean i've had that happen to me multiple times i mean i my my ego got checked check pretty quick i was mm-hmm. a pretty uh, skinny teenager too i started training at like 16 17 okay um but i was it was a very skinny uh teenager so i was kind of used to like people being able to throw me and everything like that but at a certain point, like I even got to a point with Muay Thai in America where I was like, "Oh, I feel good. I'm a pretty good Muay Thai fighter." I was like 18. Um, yeah, I was 18 at the time, and I was like, "I feel, I feel fucking good." I saved up all this money and I went to uh, Thailand to. I quit my job and I went to Thailand to Tiger Muay Thai oh, wow. to to train and fight. Yeah. And I was like, "I'm doing this. I'm fucking. I'm being a professional fighter," and like, yo. When I got there in Thailand, like I, as much as good as I thought I was, I was like seven thousand levels below what I actually like what what it was actual reality. Because when I went there, like people just fucking smoked me. I mean, like I I remember. I mean, the first time I I got there, they were like asking like, "Have you trained Muay Thai before?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, I've trained Muay Thai. I've been doing it for a couple of years now, and everything." And they're like, "Okay, let, let's see. Let's hit pads or whatever." I started like hitting pads and they were just like, What the fuck are you doing? Like, not like that, but they were just like, What are you doing? What what is this? And I'm just like, I don't know, that's what I thought Muay Thai was. Turns out the gym that I was at was like just kind of an MMA kickboxing place, not like a real Muay Thai gym.
2: Oh wow. And
1: uh, and they were just they humbled me quick and they were they were brutal out there, but they were great. I mean, I learned so much there. I got I got beat up by a girl out there too. This girl, uh, Chantal Ugi, mm-hmm. who's uh, I think she fought in the Queen's Cup. Which is one of the bigger like muay thai tournaments in the world um she kicked the shit out of me she was she was legit she was like top level fighter at, at one point and just beat the hell out of me
0: Wait, so I, a lot. I, i'm still curious about this uh trip to thailand like wh- like where did you live how did you make money did you even so have-
1: i i only went there for one fight camp so um it was six weeks okay. so not like a an extended period of time. Cause I, I can only save up enough money for, for like six weeks of training. Um, and so I, I saved up a ton of money so that I can afford to live like at the gym. And now if you look at Tiger Muay Thai now, Tiger Muay Thai is like exploded into this big, big thing. I mean, there's, I mean, I think Cleo roundtree trained there at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like Piotr Jan and, uh, a bunch of other people, Israel Asanya is trained there now. But back then it was, it was, it was a little more, uh, low key. Um, so I, I, I spent the money to live like at the gym and just train all day, every day. Um, it was pretty much six days a week uh, with almost eight hours a day, like dedicated to like Muay Thai. And then, um, I fought at the end of the fight camp made like 200 bucks or something like that. So technically a professional, but mm-hmm. the way it works there is like you would fight every week. Yeah. I had to get to a point that I was like, that they were comfortable letting me fight. And then, um, so I, I got up to a point and I fought literally the night before my flight back home, which is mm-hmm. probably a stupid idea now that I know more about like brain trauma and everything. Yeah. If I got a concussion and went on a plane, mm-hmm. I that could have been really bad. Luckily, I didn't, I won my fight, but, um, yeah. And then, uh, so I, I i that's basically it. I just like saved up a shit ton of money. um I didn't really make money when I was there because I was just dedicating myself to to fighting, and then at the end, I made two hundred dollars back uh, and that's pretty much it
0: and did you ever uh want to go back or did you ever try to go back
1: i i I wanted to go back. I never had the means to go back um I never was able to save up enough money to make another trip. I mean, I'm gonna go back there eventually mm-hmm. um, anyway, I remember last year. Before the pandemic, uh, one of the coaches at my uh, at the gym I was training at, um, this guy James Meals, he runs a pretty good Muay Thai gym out here. He was um, he was making another trip out to Thailand, and he asked me if I wanted to come along. I'm like, fuck, I want to do that. And then COVID happened. It didn't matter anyway. It didn't mm. happen. <laughs> like Everything got locked down at that point.
0: Now, when you got back, did you want to go and fight the people at your old gym and be like, yo, you guys didn't teach me Muay Thai? Yeah. I mean- I came back and I was really pissed. I was about to just cancel my
1: membership and just look for somewhere else. Um, but when I came back, they brought in this new guy who was a real Muay Thai guy. Okay. Okay. This guy who he ran this gym out here called weapons nine. And he was actually a big promoter for like the only real Muay Thai shows that were happening in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Like he was the only guy that was actually setting them up. So when I saw that guy there, I'm like, Oh, all right. I'll, fucking stick around like this guy actually knows what he's talking about and then um eventually he left and i left shortly after because they got another person that was like not real muay thai i was just
0: like all right fuck it, i'm out of here mm-hmm. that's crazy uh, do you remember the, there's a uh, ufc fighter back in the day his name was uh, brian ebersole he used to, yeah. he used to train at uh, tiger muay thai yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I was a big fan of his just was, I, I just liked his style and then just uh just knowing that he went over there. I, I always thought it was cool. And I always thought th- just the name of that gym was just so sick.
1: Yeah. The only thing that sucks about it is I have these um these Muay Thai shorts from there. Okay. And every time people see Tiger Muay Thai, they're like, Oh Tiger Shulman's. I'm like, no, nah, it's not fucking Tiger <laughs> like god damn it, it's not Tiger Shulman's. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing. It's a real it's like I love that they stole the Bengals logo too. I thought that was hilarious
0: yeah that's awesome but that's so cool that that you did that because it, it takes a lot of guts to go out especially by yourself because like you, you didn't did you know anybody at Tiger Mortire or you just you just knew no. that you could pay and stay and train
1: yeah I, ju- I just knew I could pay and stay and train I was scared out of my fucking mind when I got there but you know you get over that pretty quick because it's like well you're here um, I didn't know anybody I was just I just read a lot about the place and I was like a place that like Americans would tend to go mm-hmm um, and at age like 18, I was just like, well, that's where I'll fucking go then. And, um, yeah, it was scary as shit when I was there, but I, I acclimated pretty quick. Like within the first week I was like, all right, no, actually I love this place.
0: Now, as far as like food, uh, did they provide food or did you have to like go out to like the local market and get food?
1: I had like a meal ticket that would give me like a meal or two a day. I forget how much, um, at the gym mm-hmm. and it was amazing food. I mean, yo, it's incredible out there. The food out there is ridiculous. Um, super cheap too. Like even when I didn't have a meal ticket, I like went to a place and it would, you'd spend like a dollar or two on a meal. And it's like some of the best food you've ever had, super fresh and mm-hmm. everything. Like, um, so even when I didn't have food there, I just like go down to the local market. Got, I, I got these. They had some, some cool food over there. They had this thing called the night market out there, which is like, uh like a flea market that happens at night
2: mm-hmm.
1: um really weird but a cool thing that they have as as a it, um what's, they just have everything there and some stuff that you're just like confused about and they have um like i remember i tased myself by accident when i was there because they had this thing this fucking table full of f- flashlights mm-hmm. and like I, I i made friends out there and I was with this guy from New Zealand and we were looking at the flashlights and he's like, oh, check out that one. Like he'd like pointed me towards one. And so I'm like, what the fuck is this? It had three buttons on it, right? And the first one was the flashlight. I'm like, okay. Second one didn't seem like it did anything. The third one, I guess it activated some sort of taser. And I don't know if it was at the other end of the flashlight or something, or if it was on the handle, like not like a prank buzzer, but it was like, I don't know what happened. As soon as I hit it, my all my muscles tightened up and I was just fucking electrocuted. And I was like, and he was cracking up because he did that on purpose, because he did it to himself like mm-hmm. the other week. Um so so like just crazy shit out there. It's a fucking awesome place. If you ever get a chance to go, it's worth it.
0: That's awesome. I, I would love to go out there to to check it out. Um like I'm actually traveling internationally uh for the first time uh in April.
1: Okay, where yeah. are you going?
0: i'm going to south korea oh that's sick yeah yeah i'm, I'm going to seoul because i'm like a huge k-pop fan so i want to go uh check out oh, the the culture because like obviously like i i love k-pop i watch all these uh, you know like korean dramas on, on netflix and on the internet and i've always been curious so i'm like all right cool uh let's plan a trip and go so april that that's the plan we'll see if it so happens never-
1: you've never been before
0: never so I'm I'm actually I'm kind of nervous I I I like watch a a ton of YouTube videos of like these uh uh female solo travelers to get tips and kind of you know see how they maneuver so I can try to figure things out and hopefully uh you know just be safe and hopefully nobody wants to try to kidnap me just do you know
1: do the all the reading up on that kind of stuff just helps make sure you're not breaching any like cultural barriers and stuff
0: Oh, 100%. And also, <laughs> I, I go to this local mall, but it's all like, uh, like Korean owned businesses. So like, yeah. I, I'm like, I wonder if it's like similar to this. Cause like when I go there, it's like, like the majority of the people there are like, like, you know, like legit Koreans, even like a, a lot of the business owners, you go in there, um, and it uh, seems legit. So I, I'm, I'm really curious. Um, hopefully yeah. I'm going to the mall multiple times a week will, uh, pay off and, uh, you know, help me in my travels in the future.
1: It's like go to, uh, uh well, does Barnes and Noble exist anymore? I don't even fucking know. It does. But like, you like you go to one of them and just like find one of their travel books and just like while you're there just like skim through it and just see stuff. I I, I was lucky that my my stepbrother was a travel writer mm-hmm. and been to Thailand like multiple times and he was able to tell me like certain things like to avoid doing some things that will happen and everything like um like don't badmouth the king there. Like that was a big thing. Like mm-hmm. they they're very respectful of that. And he was like, Yeah, just don't because he knows how I am uh politically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was like, don't just like badmouth the king just cause it's like a like a, a monarchy kind of situation, even though it's kind of not really. They have a parliament and all that. Same same kind of thing as like England. Um and he was like able to give me that thing. And then other stuff you'll find like Whenever going to other countries, like I went to Iceland like a couple of years ago too, there was like some culture shock there a little bit, not too much, uh, not as much as going to Thailand when I was 18. But one of the things that happened when I was in Thailand, when I first got there, everyone smiles at you. Everyone's very friendly, mm-hmm. super friendly. I live in New Jersey. I don't know how much you've ever been to Jersey. Everyone's fucking mad here. Everyone's mad. I don't know why. I mean, I know why. It's just like, it's just in our nature. Like we're just like high strung people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get someone smiling at you, and I'm been thinking, the fuck's this guy up to? Like, why is he look, why is he looking smiling at me? If that happens to you in Jersey, I'm like thinking like, oh, someone's about to to rob me. Like that's that, I don't know. That's just it. Like set off all these things. And then when I went and talked to more people, I realized like, oh no, everyone's just smiling at you because they're just friendly. They're just happy here, mm-hmm. uh, cool. as opposed to fucking New Jersey where everyone's miserable and angry for no reason. It's a great state. I don't know why we're all so fucking mad.
0: That's comedy, like, yeah, like one of the things that I, that, that I read upon it was like a warning for like tourists, like if you get approached by like some locals to go to like a tea ceremony, that you might be getting uh, led to join a sex cult. So uh, don't go to any tea ceremonies alone. I'm like, oh, that's crazy because I've never even heard of that. Um, so uh, reading about it, I was like, that's really interesting. And uh, and uh, e- even if I didn't know about it and somebody invited me to a tea ceremony, I would uh like ninety eight percent of the time uh, decline because I uh wouldn't want to go anywhere with uh you know some weird strangers to go drink tea
1: yeah I had a I had a guy in Thailand um try to get me and that that kid from New Zealand to go to a farang party For, Farang means like foreigner like or they okay. call the foreigners farangs, but it's kind of derogatory okay, okay. <laughs> um but it was like he was like an Australian dude he's like trying to get us oh we're having a farang party down the street or whatever like you guys should come or whatever and it's just like Besides the fact that I'm straight edge, I don't drink, and I was straight edge back then. You know, I don't mm-hmm. drink, don't do drugs. I'm like, I'm not interested in doing that. We're here to fight. Like, but it was funny because we were like saying we were just like trying to be polite. We we're just saying like, no, 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 we're we're not gonna come. It's like that's a little weird. um and we're like, no, we're here to fight. He's like, oh, fighters, huh? Yeah, you actually gonna fight? Like, like you foreigners or whatever? And we had like fight posters that were like actually. Up in the like square and like we were able to point, like, no, see, that's that's us. We're fighting like next week. We can't go to this shit. And then he just like left us alone. He's like, all right, and then just fucking walked off, went up to some other people <laughs> he was trying to get to go.
0: Now, was it an actual party or is he gonna try to like drug you and steal your organs or something?
1: I don't fucking know. That's I have no idea. It's probably just like one of those things. It's like he's like an Australian guy, he's just working for some club that's just trying. Mm-hmm. It probably was nothing, but like immediately like you have someone's like oh you want to come to a foreigners only party i'm like that's kind of weird i don't know that sounds like a strange situation like why would i want to do something that's foreigners only i'm here to be in this country mm-hmm. <laughs> see like I- fucking australians <laughs> and shit."
0: yeah that's crazy yeah that's why and like i don't think honestly like i don't think anybody's gonna like want to try to kidnap me or anything but i always <laughs> i always have to try to think of the worst because uh, obviously i, I i'm going to be out there by myself i don't know anybody out there so, yeah, uh, and it's only gonna be for a week, so I'm, I'm gonna try to make the most of it. And if nah, I, I mean,
1: you'll be fine. It's yeah. it's like you you're probably you're probably more at risk in America of like anything happening than you are like one of those places.
0: Oh yeah, I know. My my buddy really wanted to go to this pop up down off like um, Melrose, and I was just like, you know, I I told him like, yo, I'm like, you know, it's like you know. It's pretty crazy down there right now, you know, people uh, getting their cars broken into, people getting robbed, like, you know, on the street in broad daylight. And he's like, no, 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 like it's it'll it'll be totally fine. And like that day, there was like a shootout in like a parking lot. It's like some some dude got like set up like these dudes sent a girl over to try to like, you know, uh, talk to this guy and like distract him so they could run up with guns and try to rob him for everything that he had. But as the guys ran up, he pulled out his gun and started shooting. And I was just like, I'm like, dude, it's crazy down here. We we got to be careful. Um, and he didn't yeah. believe me until we were like in the thick of it and she was going crazy.
1: Yeah, that um, sounds fucking nuts.
0: Yeah. So, um, but yeah, but but it's gonna be fun. I I, I hope like because I'm I'm used to traveling so far, uh, and I'm hoping that it's uh, everything that I want it to be.
1: You were just in wilkes Bear, right?
0: I was for, <laughs> for the first time. And uh, it, that, that was a, an, an amazing trip because I'm, I'm such a fan of like their scene, right? I, uh, you know, first heard about Wilkesbury, uh, you know, th- because of cold world and a uh, huge tile fight fan. I love bad seed. So, yeah. so to, to be able to, to go there and actually, um, you know, uh, have friends that are like involved in the scene and have them take me to places that I have heard about in songs and, uh, you know, meeting not only like the local kids in Wilkesbury but even like friends from from like the surrounding areas that drove in for the fest it, it was just like like a really good experience and like way better than i could have ever imagined
1: yeah Bear is awesome man it's like the first the first out of state show prospect ever had was at uh, in wilkes um and like since then it's like outside of new jersey it's like the only like it's like the second place i'd ever want to play outside of like new jersey like the perth Amboy area or whatever mm-hmm. um they're like the first people that actually like gave a shit about us and like showed us support and like they like still do that and, i mean all those bands out there people we were friends with and everything like such a great scene i love and like from all fucking angles it's crazy like you got worn and everything that's like way more on the like i mean Dan always says it like the crust end of things and like the they've got like some death metal influence and everything mm-hmm. and, like the heavier stuff you got choice to make which is like the more straightforward hardcore and then you got like one step closer that's more like a you know melodic hardcore I think it's just it's just a cool fucking scene I love I love it out there I wish I could have gone to still won't break but I uh that was the week I got married so I was like busy with shit
0: totally understandable and congratulations because I I did see that Thank you did. got married because obviously I, I follow you on social media yeah so.
1: yeah thank you yeah it was a, it was a good week <laughs> um we were like me and uh Emily my wife were thinking about going but we had like so much stuff that we still had to do after the fact after the wedding that we're just like we can't we can't fucking make it
0: yeah because yeah, you guys played
1: the first one yeah yeah we played the first one oh, it was yeah. a great time uh, it was one of my favorite shows we've ever played um I that that whole day was really cool I, I I that was that feels like fucking ages ago it was like 2019 but yeah
0: like two years ago Holy two shit.
1: two years ago it was a great that was a great fucking show though I, I love it yeah and a different venue though
0: yeah that was a, it was at the Carl Hall if I remember correctly yeah um yeah and I, I was supposed to go to the the second one the following year but obviously the pandemic so it got canceled and, yeah. and as soon as I heard that it was happening again, I, I hit, up uh, Nate for, from choice to make uh, He he's a good friend of mine. I was like, yo, like, I want to come out, uh, you know, just like I, I plan to for, you know, 2020 and he was super, super down. Uh, he hosted me, he let me stay at his house and, um, uh, you treated me really cool. nice. Yeah, he, he's definitely a good friend. And I appreciate everything that he did for me that, that weekend.
1: Yeah. He's awesome. I, I, I like that dude a lot. I love choice to make too. And hopefully, hopefully we'll play next year or something hopefully they keep still still won't break going i hope they keep it going for a long time
0: as far as i know they they plan on doing it again next year yeah yeah That's, um yeah. which i think is awesome because uh just the vibes uh and i'm um, just uh, just talking to so many people because like you know I, I had friends from you know like long island that were there from philly delaware New Jersey and just uh just everybody being in one place and just everybody being so stoked on and how well it turned out and how well like the vibes were uh, yeah it was just a good feeling so I I'm uh you know based off that I, and I, I talked to Nate I I'd asked him but um he said that, that he plans on doing it next year so uh, obviously we're still a ways away because it just happened but I I yeah, hope yeah. that they they continue to do it because it's a cool thing to bring everybody to Wilkes-Barre for that fest
1: yeah yeah I hope they keep doing it too did um you want both days
0: yeah yeah I was there for like five days so
1: okay sick
0: yeah and
1: um did you um like who stood out to you because I, I I only heard like like secondhand things from some people that were there for like part of the time
0: mm-hmm. uh well for me I am a really big fan of uh, last straw from okay. uh C- Connecticut and I because before the fest, they, they had never played a show. And, yeah. uh, you know, talking to, uh, the, the people in the band, um, uh, there wasn't really any real plans to do anything. Cause obviously they have anxious who's, uh, yeah. on tour right now. Uh, they have a record coming out and they're just going to get busy, but when they're not doing um, anxious, you know, obviously they, they share some members and one step closer and once step closer is, uh, busy on the road. So it was never really sure if last row would, uh, do anything solid, but then, uh, you know, they got added to the fest last minute, so they did their first show ever in Connecticut, like a couple nights before, and then yeah. they were slated to play SABB. So I'm like, oh shit, this is crazy, uh, because this might, who knows, this might be my only opportunity to, to ever see them. Uh, yeah, who, knows? who who knows? So I definitely just enjoyed like every moment of that. So that was like probably like my favorite band of the weekend. But then there's other bands that I got to see for the first time too, like. Uh, cut down that was like my first time ever seeing them obviously um avery and all those guys super awesome yeah. i love
1: i love that band i mean i recorded the demo but like i love them even if i didn't record the demo i'd love that
0: band and all those people mm-hmm. and then even uh standalone that, that that was the band that i've been wanting to see for for a long time just because uh because like obviously like if, if you look at some of the bands it's, it's like the um you know top of the bill um, a, a lot of those bands, uh, you know, have traveled out west or are going to travel out west. So I, I think I wanted to appreciate, um, the bands that, um, you know, haven't been out west or don't have any plans to come out west at the time. So, uh, cause yeah. it's just like, you never know, right? Hardcore is so fickle. You never know how long bands are going to stay together or be oh, active. Yeah. So, so to be able to see like, yeah, bands like last straw cut down, standalone, almighty watching like bands like that, it was just, uh, you know, super, super fun for me.
1: I hope Cutdown comes out west i think um i mean nothing's set in stone yet but i think they were talking about trying to do something maybe next year it should be cool
0: yeah you know what's funny is uh so cut down played the second day and i i was talking to avery towards the end of the first day and i was like yo like where's jason at uh you know because I, I i didn't see like a lot of people from uh their area that i know that were there that day and he's like oh don't worry like he's gonna come tomorrow like we're gonna uh, probably do like a split set with never again and yeah. i was like oh really that, that's crazy so <laughs> you know fast forward to the second day as soon as i see jason i'm like yo like i'm so stoked to, to uh you know, hear uh, never again today and he's like what are you talking about and i'm like i'm like Avery said you guys are gonna split do a split set and he's like dude i'm the only one from the band that's here he's like i don't yeah. know what the hell Avery's talking about and i'm like well i don't know either so th- there goes uh, that idea
1: well, it was because I'm in Never Again as well. I play guitar. Yeah.
0: I, I found that out through Jason. I had no idea.
1: Yeah, um, I wasn't. I wasn't able to make it that day, and uh, they were going to do it four piece without me. But uh, Matt Drake, who plays drums, mm-hmm. he wasn't there yet, and then it was just like it wasn't going to work out. So we're just like, all right, fuck it. Let's fucking. It's it, like it was even like up in the air. Even if all of us were there, if we were going to try to like just play real quick or just play like two songs, but mm-hmm. then it's probably for the best that we didn't and then we'll play like we'll spare another time yeah and have a, eventually, eventually we'll do stuff
0: for sure yeah and you definitely want to have like a proper outing right you don't want to go out and play something like half asset or mess up and have that yeah. be like the first impression people have of you
1: yeah yeah so we want to have it be like a cool thing when we when we play out there i'm playing with them tomorrow um I'm playing with them. I'm in the band. Yeah, you're in the like, band. I'm in yeah, band. <laughs> I'm playing with them. Like I'm in the band. The yeah. fuck. Um, yeah, we're the, playing a show tomorrow.
0: That's with uh, Shackled and Dare. Yeah, yeah. Life's question, for sure. Yeah, so th- 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 that's a solid lineup. For
1: all life, for all life and threats society. I think. Yeah, that will be cool. Mm. And it's like. 15 minutes from my house so that's extra
0: (laughs) extra cool that that's always nice when right you can just cruise down to the gig uh you know whether you're just there to attend or even play it and then just know that you're not going to have to do like a hour and a half two hour road trip home straight up like yo do you do you remember i don't know if you if you ever got wind of this place
1: out in uh cali but do you ever hear this place game changer world yeah that was in howl Mm-hmm. and um the only one of the only things i liked about that place was the fact that it was like oh we get to have uh cool hardcore shows near my house like that's fucking sick um that was the only thing that was good though <laughs> i fucking like that place was a uh, kind of a nightmare
0: really the time i always admire that place because i remember that's like where like uh no warning played there remember when, when yep. we came back uh back to school jam was there um, you know, I, I was trying to fly out, uh, I think the last year that was happening because I remember I, by that point I had, uh, you know, became friends with, uh, Jason and Avery and, yeah. uh, Jason said that I could stay with him, but, uh, I don't know why it didn't work out. I can't remember, but I, I didn't end up going, but th- that venue always looked cool to me, but why was it such a nightmare?
1: Um, the, the thing is, is like, yo, there were really cool shows there for sure. Like, mm-hmm. um, like I had a great time at some of the shows, but the thing about the place is it was run by um I forget the guy's name but he used to he used to run bamboozle back in the day
0: oh one um, of i love okay, bamboozle had a bamboozle left that would come to California probably yeah. probably what' some of the sickest uh festivals that've ever happened out here like crazy lineups but yeah um, i'll, I'll get back a, to that
1: it was it was a cool like bamboozle ha- had like cool lineups and stuff and it was like a pretty. I mean I went one year and it was fun or whatever but mm-hmm. like there was a lot of stuff on the back end that wasn't great like that dude's been sued like I don't know how many fucking times for not paying people and everything Oh wow. Um so like he ran that place Game Changer Worlds. The there was like it was it was a big concrete room with a steel ceiling, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like sound in there was fucking bad. It sounded bad every fucking time. Like it was it was fun like and everything I got to see bitter. The only time I got to see bitter end was there. I think they played, uh, I can't remember if it was back to school jam or for his shore stock or one of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Um, but I went to like every show I possibly could there. Um, but it always sounded bad in the room because of all that shit, because of the way the room was set up and everything. Um, the security was like overzealous about stuff. Like sometimes they just got a little too hands on with people, um, and then just like nickel and dime done stuff. And and if you ever tried to play a show there that wasn't booked by someone, um, like decent, like I know friends that were playing in like other genres, like alternative music and everything. It was like one of those kind of places that most of the time would have like pay to play promoters and everything. Oh, that's wild. Um, Luckily the, I don't think that ever happened with any good hardcore show that happened there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It was just, it was just weird. I think there was just like a lot of, um, just bad energy when you were there. And I mean, I, I, the main thing for me, especially is the way it sounded. I mean, it's, it sounded fucking atrocious in there. Mm-hmm. And also the, the I remember one year back to school jam, the AC broke and it was so fucking hot that like the condensation from everyone, like sweating in there with no airflow. It was the year that title fight played. Um, I think title fight headlined and maybe turnstile played right before them. Okay. Like 20, 2015 or 20, 14 maybe um but the condensation from everyone's sweat there was like literally like drops coming off the ceiling and like the wall was like wet it was just disgusting <laughs> which is like i mean if that was a basement if that's a new brunswick basement it's like yeah yeah yeah, it's fine whatever but like yo i'm paying like an okay amount for uh, a ticket here you would hope that would not be uh so miserable in there like it was actually hard to stay in that room mm-hmm. when that happened
0: yeah it's like you'd think that this place would have their shit together for it to to have the AC working, yeah. Uh, to
1: to to not pay people like you think you at least pay the guy to fix your AC. <laughs>
0: yeah. Can I just read you the lineup for one of the bamboozle Lefts that yeah. I went to? Okay, so this was um. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of bands, so so, so bear with us. Um, or how about I just read the, my, my favorite bands? So we'll we'll save some time. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so uh, this is just the first day. Fallout Boy, All Time Low. Uh, I'm going down the list. A Fight Fair, one of the best San Diego bands. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, Forever the Sickest Kids, uh, from Texas. Uh, who else is on here? Um, Census Fail played. Oh, okay. Uh, Stick to Your Guns played. Wow, when was this? It was like 2009. So, okay. so, So that was just the first day. Now let me read you the second day. This is where shit gets even crazier. Uh, 50 Cent taking back, <laughs> yeah 50 cents is one of the headliners uh, oh, ta- shit. uh taking back sunday thrice and then uh amir played have heart played wow uh, yeah and then uh there's this rapper pos from back in the day he played uh say ocean suicide silence uh and underneath the gun and wins a plague and trash talk crazy
1: <laughs> that's a very 2008 2009 lineup <laughs> Yeah. That's crazy. Fucking 50 cent like headlining. Figure who headlined the year I went to. I know I saw Paramore play. Oh, I remember uh, that
0: year cuz they they played out here too whenever. Great. Yeah.
1: I love that band. Um Yeah. They were the last band I saw but I think there was a band that played after them that I didn't give a shit about.
0: I can't remember who the hell it was. Yeah, I think th- that was the second time that I saw Paramore cuz I've only seen Paramore twice. Once at Warped Tour um like as they were growing to be like this yeah gigantic band and then i saw them at bamboozle and i haven't seen them since
1: i saw them at bamboozle and then i saw them at radio city um in like 2016 or whatever mm-hmm. uh and that was cool because i got to meet the band and everything um because i just have like a friend that like works in the industry or whatever and was like yeah. able to like get me and uh me and emily and so like like meet everybody and it was really cool all very friendly people it was sick
0: i always feel like like when it's not hardcore i always feel awkward in those situations because um i'm like a huge uh, newfound glory fan and yeah. I, I used to work for this company that uh, did their merch uh, a couple of years ago so uh the bosses like sent out like a group text they're like hey we're driving down to see newfound glory on saturday um everyone's off but if anybody would like to go um, you know uh, you don't have to pay for anything just uh, show up to the warehouse we're, we're we're taking the van down there and nobody nobody wanted to go except for me because I, I fucking love that band so it was just me and the two main guys and I should have known that this was not just going to be us going down to see newfound glory there's going to be some work involved yeah I, I I show up to the warehouse like super early I'm like, I don't even know why we're going down so early the show's you know, not till the evening so I get there. One of the bosses is already there with his like dark sunglasses on. And I'm like, Hey, are you all right? And he's just like, honestly, dude, I haven't been home. I was partying all night. Um, Can you load newfound Glory's merch into the van? I was like, I was like all right that's fine so um <laughs> i i load it all into the van he gets in the van the other guy gets there and, and he's giving um uh, the guy who had been there since uh, i showed up like shit. he's like dude you should have went home when i uh, left i knew you were gonna stay it all night this is bullshit. um so i was like whatever this is awkward so i'm like uh, i drive us to san diego and then uh it was at the house of blues so we get there i have to unload all the merch and this is awkward because like we, we get there I, I'm like unloading the merch, but like there's like a the long line of fans, so people are like you know staring at us and like watching me sweat while I like had to lug these boxes around, and then yeah, whatever. Fast forward, we're, we're in the show, and they're like, hey, um, we have to go meet uh, you know some of the members of the band to go introduce ourselves because like we had just got them as like a like you know like like we just got the new fan glory account, so they're like yeah, like we have to go meet them and introduce ourselves. So we get taken to like the the back, and it was just uh, Chad and Jordan, and. I, and they were warning me they're like hey like we know you're a big fan so just don't say anything and i'm like don't worry like, i'm not gonna freak out like like, i love the band but i'm not like in love with them so like it's fine yeah so like be weird about it yeah so go to the back and like you know introductions or whatever they're, they're talking business and i'm just like standing there uh just you know not really paying attention because i didn't really give a fuck what they're talking about but um now we're saying goodbye uh, Jordan compliments my hat. Uh, it was like this hat th- that I got made because I uh, make like Disney merch. And he, he'd complimented my hat. He's like, Oh, like, where'd you get that hat? And I told him, like Oh, I make it, blah, blah, blah. And then Chad was like, Oh, like, what's your website? Like, I want to get one. And my boss was like, Don't worry. Like, he'll, he'll send you like a full care package. Just give him your address. So, uh, I'd, I, I was fine with that. Uh, Chad gave me his address and I like, sent him a bunch of merch. And he actually ended up wearing it to like one of his Disney World trips, which was like kind of funny. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, but, but it was just weird, though, because I was like, you know, like, love the band, but, like, you know, I, I'm not uh, trying to be, like, their best friend, so it was always awkward um, when I would go get, like, put in those situations, because it was just like, oh, yeah. hey. Like, you know.
1: You also don't want to be, you don't want to come off as, like, the weird guy. Like, right? Like, you don't want to come off as, like, the guy who's, like, like, I imagine that if you're a level of fame like that, like, interactions with fans has got to be strange sometimes. Oh, like, mm-hmm. like, you don't want the people... Like, uh, if you ever had someone, like, come up to you and, like, be really, like, complimentary, like, even if it's, like, something small, I always feel weird whenever someone's, like, complimenting me on something. Not, like, in a a, a neurotic way like that, but, like, you know, there's, like, a a level that you can only be, like, oh, yeah, thank you, man. Like, that's cool. Um, Luckily for me, when we did the Paramore thing, Mm -hmm. um, we went to this like this this backstage area it wasn't really backstage because it was radio city so it was like kind of like the basement okay okay. um what it was was like a lot of like industry people right so people were like mingling around it wasn't like a meet and greet where you go up to a table and you just like talk to them yeah you take your turn
0: like here's your five minutes with the band
1: yeah all these people were like walking around and like talking and just like talking amongst themselves and like even when like paramore got there or whatever like it wasn't like a swarm of people like went over to them Mm -hmm. it was just like kind of people talking and like I mean I imagine that some of those people like industry people in general they were there and like probably did not give a shit like this is stuff that they do all the time and like not really uh crazy about and I remember I think I forget the name of the guy one of the Pharaoh brothers I think one of them's like a, a, a shithead or something. Like I, I don't know. There's like one of the Pharaoh brothers that was a shithead mm-hmm. and not in the band anymore. The other one was there, the the good guy one, and he was like just, just started up a conversation with us. And like it was just like one of those kind of casual things. And like even when we met uh Haley Williams, um, I was wearing like a have heart like jacket or something, and she like mentioned something about that because she likes the band Have Heart. Mm-hmm. Um and so we were just like talking about that. We talked about like inside out and everything. And like, that, that was it. That was like our whole interaction. I was like, oh, that was very pleasant. Like, it was just like not a weird thing. It was just like, oh, I'm just going to talk to this person because I like their music and everything. And luckily it wasn't, I, I mean, those meet and greet things. That, that, that was, I was like 26 at the time. So that would have been weird for me to go to anyway. But um, uh, luckily it wasn't, it wasn't one of those. It was just kind of like hanging out
0: hundred percent yeah i don't know if i'd ever want to pay to meet anybody
1: no no it's it's a weird thing right like yeah because like unless they're like teaching you something or you get something other than meeting them like why am i paying to to meet you
0: yeah i would much prefer like a natural like interaction like one of my favorite times because i used to go to disneyland a lot I, i i still go i guess like more frequent than like the normal person but one time I had met, uh, Kristen Ritter there. And, and this is, uh, you know, a fresh off her role of, uh, Jessica Jones on, you know, Marvel Netflix. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was just a fan of hers. And I, I, I remember, uh, me and my buddy were walking through, uh, we were like just walking into lands so where, like, uh, like anybody who's listening, we just passed the Doll Whip stand on our left. So we hooked the left to head towards Indiana Jones. And, um, I just remember seeing like, like there's like these people called like the, the the plaids. So like they wear these like plaid vests or whatever, and you know, like you, you, um whoever they're with is either rich or famous because to have that person kind of guide you around it, it just costs a lot of money. Yeah. Um so I, I I see a plaid walk by, I'm like, Oh cool, like whatever, like you know, that's pretty normal. Um in, in Disneyland, not that big of a deal, but you, you get a little curious, like, oh like um are they rich or famous? That's always like the question it's like me and my friends have. And Uh, when i looked over i saw that it was like kristen ritter and like her group of people i was like oh shit, that's crazy and i just yelled her name i was like kristen ritter and she (laughs) she turned around and stopped but like nobody in her group noticed so they just kept walking like like the plaid and like her like six or seven friends they all just kept walking and she had stopped and i was just like yo like i'm a fan of jessica jones and she's out of my league uh and she was like just super happy to like talk about it and yeah And I was also surprised that uh, nobody around even noticed that it was like Kristen Ritter, right? So that was even better. So there was no like weird commotion or anything. So her and I were just like talking, Um, you know, we like took a picture and then like, I don't want to like try to hug her or anything. Cause like, first of all, she's like a celebrity and also, uh, you know, like we're not friends. We're like still strangers. So like, I'm not trying to like, you know, just like touch her or be like get in her personal space. So I like extended my hand to like shake her hand and uh, she shook my hand, but she like faked like i was squeezing too hard so she faked that like it hurt um I and i freaked out i was like Stress "Oh my-. yeah i was just like oh my god i'm so sorry but then she kind of like looked at me and gave me this smirk because like you know one of jessica jones superpowers is like she has super strength nobody knows how strong she actually is so yeah. her you know playing that like, i like hurt her was like this you know uh, funny interaction but yeah she just gave me this funny smirk and just like just went about her way and i'm like dude that was literally kristen ritter and like, i still have the picture on my instagram so if you go to my grid it's still there uh, yeah super nice uh and it was just like yeah just a real conversation nothing weird i didn't seem i didn't get the vibe that she wanted to get the hell out of there because i've i've uh, ranted some you know semi-famous people and i could tell i was annoying the hell out of them just by saying hi um but she she kept it real she was fun she was super nice and i'll never forget that moment
1: i i i I gotta be honest i i kind of get like the celebrities that do get mad when people like like how, like I imagine like, yo, imagine you're having like a bad day uh-huh. and you're just like trying to get from point A to point B. And like, you have people, I, I could totally see how that would be annoying. Um, from like their end, but like I've definitely like talked to people and then I've like afterwards especially like MMA and everything Mm -hmm. I've met like Mm -hmm. so many MMA fighters and I've definitely like talked the year off of like a couple fighters and I was like wait a minute I should probably stop doing this yeah but now it's like yeah it's hardcore and and like MMA like training in MMA has like completely wiped any sort of like like uh what's the word I'm looking for they're like uh like pretense about like famous people okay Okay. because i've gotten to meet like a bunch of my favorite fighters and like train with them and everything and then like growing up in hardcore there's like all these people that i like looked up to in like in hardcore and then you just get to meet them and just be like oh wait these are just chill people like it's fun (laughs) it's like there's nothing weird about like this interaction they're just chill people but like i got to train with like some really like high level people i mean uh frank yeager is one of the guys that's been in the gym every once in a while i never got to train with him because he's always on his professional fighting like
2: mm-hmm. like
1: he he's usually just comes in with mark henry and then like spars a couple select people but i got to train with like edson barbosa and marlon Moraes. um and like those two people where i was just like oh fuck like i'm like bugging out about getting to meet them um but then after a while it's just like oh no it's just they're just hanging out they're just regular ass people just like anybody else and then same thing with like hardcore it's like when i started talking to like the dudes in floor punch and everything because that's like a band that like starting out and listening to hardcore especially in new jersey it's like Mm -hmm. yo floor punch is the greatest hardcore band to ever exist Uh, Legend, like and just like talking to them like hanging out with some of them was just like i don't know It, it, it removed all that pretense i pretense i had when i was like younger i was like really like nervous about talking to any of these kind of people Then you just like talk to them and it's like fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I totally get that. Because uh being younger and hardcore and liking so many bands for so long, and then uh as I started to to do the podcast and as this grows and uh having to be social with uh you know these people and bands that I look up to and eventually becoming friends and uh you know uh texting and uh, just being you know just normal and like, oh, this isn't uh, uh, you know like okay I'll, for, for example like, like people like uh, uh uh bob wilson or greg falcetto who i do like you know these like straight edge podcasts with uh two, yeah. two guys that you know played in some uh you know awesome bands still doing awesome music greg has a new band coming out um uh they're playing fya after show second night but um just like being able to talk to them just like normal people you know and them giving me the the respect i uh I was like, wow, this is crazy. Cause you know, 2009 Jamie, who was like, I have to get to Santa Fe on time so I can see mother of mercy. I can, so I can catch the mongoloids. Uh, yeah. you know, would be freaking out if I, you know, if he knew future self was going to be, you know, uh, just fr- just normal friends with these guys. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I totally get what you're saying to, yeah, that that stuff just kind of goes away when, when it becomes your norm, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. That being said, if I saw Genki pseudo, I might, I might freak out.
0: I don't know if you remember Genki yeah. from back in the
1: day MMA. He's my favorite fighter. That dude's ridiculous.
0: Um, yeah. You know, I've like, um, so when I first, when I, I trained MMA, um, the gym was owned uh, by a uh, Cub Swanson. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, so it, it was always uh, fun when he would be there. So I'm like, holy shit. That's, that's the, you know, WEC star, the, uh, the UFC star Cub Swanson. And, you know, you're in yeah. there. He's a normal guy. Uh I remember one time he had like a busted shoulder and he was rolling with all of us with one arm and still subbing people cuz he's a, you know, he's a good black belt in, in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so uh yeah, j- just having moments like that and then um, living out here, you uh it's pretty common to run into fighters cuz there's so many fighters out here. Yeah. Um but I feel like if they are like I feel like I would nerd out if I ran into like like ariel helwani that's somebody who like oh really i would yeah because i'm such a fan of of his I, I've, I've watched the mma hour uh for years so like I, i've seen it through like every iteration um you know up until you know the one that's in now and i'm I, I yeah and i still follow everything that he does so yeah like you know meeting him would be awesome but you know you know, the one fire who i would love to meet that's like that is local is uh michael bisabing that's somebody who i, I would love to, oh, to really? run into yeah
1: I, I did not like him for a long time. I really didn't like him, especially when he was on the ultimate fighter as a coach. Okay. I really didn't like him. I think I've come around on him though. I think he's like, he's been posting some stuff more, like more as of late that mm-hmm. like is kind of a brush, breath of fresh air when it comes to like MMA fighters. Um, and like, I think I'm coming around on him. He like, he was one of the few people that's like, I I don't know that doesn't seem like he has his head up his ass yeah. with stuff outside of MMA like mm-hmm. like the frustrating thing being like uh a politically active person and uh that's involved with MMA mm-hmm. is uh most people don't agree with me on stuff in the world of MMA and mm. like a lot of fighters um end up disappointing me when they like post something or they're like, you see them like say something like silly or whatever. And I've been really pleasantly surprised by biz Bing. I mean, he's not, he hasn't said anything crazy. He hasn't said anything that I'm like, wow, I'm fully fucking aligned with him. But just like, I feel like he posts like common sense stuff that like, I don't know. It's a, it's, I mean, for a sport that involves a lot of head trauma, mm. it shouldn't be surprising that there's so many fighters that have like crazy opinions on things. And then he's one of the, one of the most loudmouthed people when fighting is like now he's like actually one of the more level headed people when it comes to the real world.
0: Okay. And for anybody who's listening and who might be curious, like me, are you like when, when you talk about, you know, uh politics, are you like Colby Covington or are you? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, okay. No, no, no. No, no, <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Okay. No, no. Okay. All right. All right. I, I just had to ask because um, obviously like, we don't have to get too deep into it, but I was just curious. Yeah.
1: I mean, I would talk about it all day, but, um, I, that's probably not the, the thing you you'd want to talk long form about. That's totally fine. But, um, very much the opposite. Of okay. Colby and I would say most of the MMA world is more on the Colby Covington side.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Even the president Dana White. So, um, it's pretty interesting.
1: Oh yeah. I and mean, most of them aren't as loudmouth and obnoxious about it, but I get that's Colby Covington stick and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah yeah very much the other the other end of
0: it okay uh, but real quick you had brought up uh Frankie Edgar I'm, I'm curious have you ever been to Pino's Pizza in Woodbridge
1: I have not no I so haven't how far is country. that from you Woodbridge is uh it's probably like 45 minutes 50 minutes away from me okay so it's so not that, like not terrible but mm-hmm. when it comes to pizza places in New Jersey there's there's enough like <laughs> i i i've got so many pizza places near me that it's just like i'm not traveling 45 50 minutes for a slice of pizza
0: okay but it could be served by frankie edgar
1: that's true it's true uh yeah no i've never been there though i've heard a lot about it though especially like I mean, mark henry's uh he's coming to the gym uh he used to come in on saturdays and everything and he's uh taught a couple classes at the gym i trained i used to train at um mm. and Will presumably train at again when I go back to, to training post pandemic.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, he he's working with Cody Garbrandt, who I'm so curious to see yeah. how he's gonna do in his next fight. I think he fights next, or not next week. He fights the next pay per view.
1: Yeah. Uh, he um, he's he's an interesting guy. I I I like Cody. I wish he would um be smarter about the way he fights, which I guess that's probably what Mark Henry's gonna do for him.
0: Yeah, you're, you're talking about this is the guy that dethroned Dominic Cruz. He should be like, he has the skills, but he's, yeah. he's, 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 he needs to put it together properly.
1: One of the most shocking performances ever is like him dancing around Dominic Cruz and like taunting him. I loved every second of that fight.
0: Dude, that broke um, my heart. I'm a huge Dominic Cruz fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I um I liked him in like the WEC days. Mm-hmm. I liked watching him. Um, but it was it was very nice to see. Like an up and comer like that, that like no one was giving the time of day to, and like all these Dominic Cruz fans just kind of being like, Oh, you know, he's just gonna fucking run through him, he's just gonna outsmart him. And then to be beaten at his own game like that, like with all the head movement stuff, it was just like, I I mean, I love that fight, it was one of my favorites. I wish that Cody Garbrandt beat uh TJ Dillashaw. It bummed me out that he didn't beat them.
0: those fights were so intense. I hate TJ Dillashaw, by the way, he's he's local, he lives like. 20 minutes from from where I'm at. I I I I don't know him personally, but I just hate him as a fighter. Uh, yeah, not yeah, like, him as a fighter. Even before he got caught cheating, right? Uh, I, yeah. I, I didn't like him. Uh, but even more now that he, he's a cheater. Um, yeah, but it
1: just goes too hard in sparring and everything. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people that go too hard in sparring. But like, that, I remember watching one video where he like cheap shotted some like uh, kickboxer that came to his gym. I'm trying to think of who it was um I think it was a Japanese kickboxer that went to his gym and he like cheap shotted him at the end mm-hmm. of sparring said, what are we fucking do? like I have no respect for that shit like yo and sparring like I get everyone wants to be a me head and like hit hard and everything but there's like a limit it's like you gotta fucking pull it back a little bit
0: yeah yeah when you hear those stories obviously uh, I don't know like the exact story but when they talk about how he need uh, Chris Holdsworth in training yeah. and that's why he can't fight anymore and you're like what you're talking about a guy who won the ultimate fighter who had like a very promising MMA career gets injured in practice or in practice by TJ and now he has yeah. to uh you know give up fighting when it is like reduced and like obviously like his coaching role is still very important but it just sucks to know that he couldn't um even go out and uh, attempt to achieve like uh, you know his dreams of being like a UFC champion
1: yeah and like coaching is cool and all but it's not the same it's like like I I I, I, co- I I love coaching. When I was coaching Muay Thai, I love it. I, I love being able to do stuff and see people get better better at the art and everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it doesn't doesn't even compare a little bit to like the fun of like actually fighting. And like I'm sure Chris Holdsworth feels that whenever he goes out to a fight and seeing other people fight, there's probably something in him like, fuck, I wish that was me out there. So that happens to me every time I watch one of my friends fight. It's like, fuck, I wanna fight. So fucking bad. Yeah. oh wow! I, hate, a lot of- I
0: i hate watching people that i know fight like anytime <laughs> I like, you out yeah because you know you, you just uh can't really do anything you guys you just gotta hope that they're prepared and things go well and obviously i whenever Khalil fights i mean me my buddies from like vegas are always texting um yeah. and you know he, he's had some some awesome nights but then there's been some some rough nights out there for him and it's just like fuck, dude
1: yeah, yeah the only the only time i really get frustrated watching my friends fight or watching people i know in general fight Mm -hmm. i just get mad when they're like have a stupid game plan or they're just doing things stupid in the ring like you see like a like a friend or whatever dropping their hands or whatever Mm -hmm. and then like taunting and everything like that shit i'm just like all right man come on like that's that's when i get mad and that's when i get frustrated not so much like yo if you're in a firefight and you just get like blasted back and forth and like your guy comes up short it's like well that's the fucking game like i don't i don't get too much too stressed about that but if someone i know is being stupid it's like really frustrating especially if it was someone i sparred with and like it was a a tendency that they had when sparring
0: Mm -hmm. it's like you
1: should have fucking learned you should have learned how to like stop this because it's like you were able to do it in sparring and now you're not doing it in fight
0: and in your you know training and fighting i'm uh, are you ever worried about, like, CTE? Because obviously that that is, like, a big thing.
1: Uh, I'm definitely worried a little bit about head trauma. Um, more than probably a lot of people uh, are when getting into combat sports. I was not worried at all when I first started. Mm-hmm. When I first started, I was not worried about head trauma. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm just going to fucking... I would actually, like... Because I was bad at taking body shots for a long time. I was, like, such a skinny guy. Um, I would sometimes I'd spar, I would drop my hands, my elbows down my ribs more because I didn't want to catch those liver shots. And, um, I would just let myself get hit in the face like a fucking moron. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely a little more, I'm way more cognizant of, uh, CTE and like head trauma in general, because my main job is in healthcare. So I hear it from a lot of people all Mm -hmm. the time. And I've, I've had patients that have had bad head traumas and, and like, just like, TBI kind of like traumatic brain injury kind of stuff and it's it's scary what happens to those people and then i've had uh two concussions not related to fighting that have both like fucked me up for like a like a short period of time and i mean for all i know it fucked me up for a longer period of time and i have no fucking idea mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so i'm definitely worried about that a little bit i i I think not enough people are worried about head trauma, especially when it comes to training, like fighting is people always say like, Oh, well, you know, aren't you worried about fighting? Like, like look at what happens in the ring. It's like, yeah, but that's one time. Like the stuff that happens that really fucks you up is what happens in training. Like every day, it's like the same thing with like football players. It's like, yo, they're training they're going like hit to head and stuff. And they do that so often as opposed to like a 25 minute fight maximum for MMA is like, the, the difference between that and like sparring like three times a week and sparring hard to the head. So like when I was in, um, when I was in Thailand, we would spar hard, but we would spar hard to the body and then we wouldn't go so crazy to the head.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, and I think that's the, like a right way to do it. Cause you're still like, listen, if you're a fighter, you know how to hit, hit hard. Like I, there's some people that are out there that say like, oh, If you don't spar hard, you're not going to fight hard. Like, I know what to do in a fight. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. Like, just hit them harder. Um, but, like, people that want to spar hard and, like, hit people in the head hard, it's like you're shortening their careers, like, every time. Like, you see, you see those Dutch guys do it and they get glass chins eventually. They like, they like spar so fucking hard and it makes them great fighters. But then after a while, it's like they, they get touched and then they get knocked out. Um, so, like, I, I'm, I, I'm probably one of the people that was at the gym that was more uh, cognizant of that. And I I always tried to argue with the head coach, not argue, but I always tried to say to the head coach about like headgear because they made us wear headgear and uh, headgear is not good. It's not good for you because it's like increases the weight on your head and increases brain injuries is why Olympic boxing has stopped using headgear. So I've been like trying to like say like, let's stop using headgear. Mm -hmm. And uh, everyone's just like, No. Wearing headgear to protect you. It's like, all right, well,
0: <laughs> <Like you're, laughs> whatever. Like you're stuck in like the old times, man.
1: Yeah, get with the times. like that's why Olympic boxing stopped. like they don't wear headgear anymore for that reason.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like Max Holloway, and uh, his last fight with uh, that uh, Calvin Cater, which I just watched because it's free on YouTube for anybody who's curious. He didn't spar at all for for that fight, and yeah, y- y- you see uh how he performed and he was just like so durable you know probably went in there you know with a clear mind probably uh you know n- probably may have had some injuries but probably not as much if he probably you know had sparred during that camp so I I'm always curious obviously I don't know what is the right way because it's different for everybody but when I look at someone like Max Holloway you know former champion and the, the kind of performance he had in that fight it's like Man, yeah uh, he might be onto something
1: well like you know if you if you look at Muay Thai fighters in Thailand they spar hard to the body and light to the head and they fight every fucking week. And that's how they're able to have like 200 to 300 fights, like on their record. I think the guy that, that trained me out there had like over 200 fights in Muay Thai. It's like, yo, you can't do that if you're sparring hard to the head every day in the gym It's just, it's just not fucking possible.
0: Yeah. Okay. So when I hear those high numbers, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, how many fights they've had, I just want to assume they're rich. They'd have to be making good money, right? To be doing it that much or Uh,
1: in, in, in Thailand, it's different. I mean, the, the amount of money they get is, uh, relative to where they are in the world. Right? Mm -hmm. Like I got paid 200 bucks for my fight. Now, granted, that was the first fight I ever got paid for. Mm -hmm. The only fight I ever got paid for, but like, um, the, they, 200 bucks in thailand can go a lot longer than 200 bucks here 200 bucks here could you could you could spit on it it doesn't like, yeah, like especially in new jersey lot. cost of living is so fucking high mm-hmm. but they but they would fight every week and so they they're they definitely not rich um but like that's that's how you, that's how they live like they're they're able to afford their train they're able to afford their food and they're able to afford their house by fighting every week and if they get like six to 10,000 baht at a time, which is the Thai amount of money, like that's enough to live off of. And it's just probably, it's probably equivalent to like having like a, like a 50 to $60,000 a year job here.
2: Mm-hmm, um,
1: mm-hmm. but you know, you're long je- and you know, that also depends on like, like where you are in the scene, uh, in the, in like the, the fighting, um, uh, I guess it's the fighting scene. That's yeah, not the right yeah. word, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that um, sounds fair. But like like guys like Buakaw and and like Superbon and and uh, like Rod Tang like some of the top guys you know they're not making ten thousand bots per fight like they're making significantly more because they're a draw. They Buakaw's doing real well for himself out there. Same thing probably with Rod Tang and, and, and Superbon.
2: Hmm.
1: Um. So it's like I don't know. It, it, it's it's their national sport. So they have a lot more opportunities to do it. Um, but definitely most of them are not rich, especially not by American standards.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm happy that you brought up uh, Rod Tang because obviously he has this uh, mixed rules fight coming up against Mighty Mouse, Yeah, uh, which is pretty interesting because uh, anybody who's uh, you know been following Mighty Mouse or knows Mighty Mouse, uh, you know he'd been on that crazy tear up until his last fight where he got uh, TKO'd, uh, pretty nasty you know he he, he caught those knees uh, uh to the face while he was you know grounded um, yeah uh, but for him to come back and do this uh mixed rules fight uh I, i'm pretty curious to see how it's gonna go because we don't see that too often like obviously um, yeah. i don't know if you remember back in the day uh shinya aoki had done like you know mixed rules yeah um so for for one to to want to do something like this I, I i think it's pretty interesting
1: yeah i'm i'm excited to see i mean rod tang is probably my favorite current fighter like the guy that's like currently going around, but I just don't know how that's really going to work against Demetrius Johnson in the MMA rounds. Like the Muay Thai rounds, like I think he's going to do great. Um, um, but the MMA rounds, like he's probably going to get taken down like right away. Right. Like he's probably going to blast double and just like sit on his back. If if he even gets out of that round or whatever. Yeah. But I, I mean, as you probably know from training, like grappling cardio and striking cardio or two, way different things one's anaerobic and one's aerobic it's just like th- th- they're not even close to the same thing and i remember when i was like full-on like muay thai fighting and i started doing jujitsu and i was thinking like yo i'm in fucking great shape i can go like 12 rounds muay thai like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. on the pads and like i'll be fine like nothing the second you start grappling it's just all out the window it's just like your body doesn't react the same way to it yeah to, to like anaerobic cardio
0: right, my arms You know start to feel like jello i'm trying to you know uh squeeze somebody's head off or trying to just get out of a position you know it it it, it is pretty draining and to 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 not have that experience on the ground to to not panic and to be able to stay calm and you know think clearly yeah yeah it it definitely is a lot
1: yeah i i don't know how that fight's gonna go i'm excited to see it but like Mm -hmm. I, I can't remember the, the, the split between it. But if it starts out Muay Thai, like maybe he has a chance. If it starts out MMA, I think he's fucking
0: washed. Yeah, he's going to be playing catch up the whole time. Yeah, and if he's not white. Now, I, I'm also curious about uh, someone like you who's uh, really into Muay Thai, which isn't super popular in the States. So uh, how did you become such a big fan to, to even want to go out to Thailand and do training like that? um Have you ever seen the movie Ong Bak? One hundred percent, yeah. That that's what did it for me. Oh
1: honestly. wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that movie. That's like crazy. Short, shortly after it came out, this movie for for anyone that's listening that doesn't know, there's this movie Ong Bak O N G B A K, and it's about like a Muay Thai fighter who's like trying to get back this Buddha statue that was stolen from his village, and it was done with no wires and like no cgi other than the the coin flip in the in the club that's cgi
2: mm-hmm. but mm-hmm.
1: um yeah i saw that when i was like a teenager i think i was like 14 or 15 when that movie was like available for me to watch i think i like pirated it or something online um because i was like reading about it um and then I was like yo i want to do muay thai learned later that he was doing like a different style of Muay Thai called Muay Baran, mm-hmm. which is, uh, and he was doing, he wasn't even really doing Muay Baran. He was doing like a, like a movie version of Muay Baran. Um, but still like, that's, that's a hundred percent what sold me on it. But I've always wanted to be like a martial artist of some sort. It, like, um, because they're watching like Bruce Lee movies as a kid. And, uh, watching power rangers and shit just being like yo i want to i want to fight mortal combat and everything it's like yeah i want i want to fi- i want to learn how to fight like so badly i wanted to do that my entire life and it wasn't like it was only until i was able to get a job and like pay for training myself that i was able to do it because my parents didn't want me fighting
0: yeah i remember uh we were uh like poor when i was younger so like my parents couldn't uh, afford to uh you know pay for any like martial arts class or anything so i remember my uncle used to take me and my cousin down to the local karate gym yeah and we would just watch them do karate and i'm like this sucks because <laughs> i want to be out there on, on the mats i i want to be in this like you know belt ranking system this sucks and i eventually asked to, to stop being taken there because so i was just like there's no point I was like, why are we going if we, if we can't do this 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 is annoying yeah. Um, yeah it wouldn't be no fun to watch it yeah but uh, <laughs> growing up watching movies like Bloodsport, uh being a fan of like chuck norris uh watching oh, yeah. the 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 karate kid i i always uh you know had this like admiration for uh people who, who knew martial arts but but uh now like as an adult when i go back and try to watch like Bloodsport, i'm like man i could walk in there and fuck up all those guys <laughs> <laughs> it, it just it just looks so <laughs> their level of martial arts just seems like just a little um uh, too fake Looks for me now yeah yeah so yeah. i'm just like ah and and then it just sucks too because even to this day there hasn't been like like you know um boxing his rocky um which is still you know a uh, little goofy but uh, still fucking badass but yeah um for like us in the mma world like there has or there have been mma movies but we haven't really had like a standout one where we all can get behind and be like yeah like they're doing like you know the sport justice by telling this story it's always been a, a little goofy I've never
1: seen the movie The Fighter, but I've heard people say that that's the movie. But like, I've never seen it, so I can't really talk to it. That's the the one with the fuck's his name, the Bane guy, the guy
0: who played Bane. Yeah, again, uh, what is his name? I'm I'm really bad when it comes to actors' names. Uh, Tom Man. Hardy.
1: Tom Hardy. Yeah, yeah, like he's in that movie that's called mm. The Fighter, and I've heard I've heard people say that that's the one. But oh, um,
0: it's okay. But I don't know.
1: I, I saw that movie, that Kevin James movie. Here comes the boom or whatever it, movie oh. was. Fine. It was a Kevin James. Yeah,
0: movie, so I that was you, you know some comedy in there. Um, I I always go back to the one. Uh, never oh, was it never back down. Is, yeah, is it the one never back down. Yeah, where the guy he's like just like some outcast and he learns how to fight and it goes viral. And then yeah, like, yeah.
1: I like watching like, like the Ong Bak and the Ong box the protector, the raid. You ever oh, see the raid? Yeah,
0: that that is insane.
1: That's the kind of shit I like. I don't even like, I don't even know if I'd be interested in like a good MMA movie because it's just like, yo, the fucking MMA sport is like cool enough to watch. If like I'm going to watch a movie, I want to see someone like pile drive someone's head through a door or something like that's the That's like the fun stuff
0: about going to the movies. Yeah. Uh, now I'm thinking about like stuff like uh, John Wick. Uh, oh, yeah. Pretty intense. I mean, even though, like the last, the third one was kind of like not my probably my least favorite of the three
1: i only Um, saw the first one i still need to see the other two
0: okay like i think the only reason why i didn't like the third one so much is because like they didn't really push the story that far from where it started Um, but it's okay they do some like they get get insane with the way he's killing people in the third one Um, it's kind
1: of how i feel about the young movies on two and three are weird but i still like them Mm -hmm. they're also like not really connected to the first movie which is strange it's like all in the past it's like an ancient thing like Mm -hmm. a they're, they're fine but they're, they're definitely not the same thing as the first one
0: yeah okay maybe you do have a good point maybe there the, the doesn't need to maybe mma doesn't need like a rocky type movie
1: yeah I mean maybe we could get it but I, don't, I think it would be forced at this point right
0: yeah because when I look at stars or, or, or when I follow people's stories uh you know like a uh, like a Max Holloway or even like a Glover Teixeira t- who, who just won yeah. the belt in, in his forties and to, to know that he was supposed to be in the UFC a long time ago, but had those visa issues. And, uh, you know, he had his chance, uh, you know, a while back against John Jones and, uh, you know, got yeah. beat up and just for him to be able to make his way back to the title shot and to, to defeat someone like Jan who's been on a tear and, uh, you know, can't really write that kind of stuff
1: yeah like glover like a movie about like someone like glover to francis and like those would probably be the movies that would be good like the the shit that they went through in their life to get to that point is like the crazy thing not so much like anything in their well, i mean them being able to be champion and everything is the cool part like that's the nice mm-hmm. ending to their story or whatever or at least this part portion of it but like definitely like Everything that leads up to that in their personal life is the cool thing. That's the thing is like you know Rocky is is a is a boxing movie, right? But it's like it's not like about actually like boxing as much as it is like this guy's personal story that they've written for him. Like that's the thing that has to come first, way before like anything involving the sport, because that could be any sport
0: movie. And you mentioned uh, Francis Ngannou. Uh, have you had a chance to listen to the Joe Rogan MMA episode with Francis Ngannou?
1: No, I haven't i haven't i i'm not a big uh joe rogan listener i think okay. i've listened to probably like 10 episodes or so oh, i think wow. i'm like every once in a while when i see someone that like i really really am interested to like hear talk i'll like i'll like tune in then um like i think he's had some scientists on it I'll, I'll like tune into but like um that was like years ago i haven't listened to anything in probably the last five years or something like that
0: that's crazy i think i've listened to every episode of joe rogan uh which really? is which is crazy but i'm um, uh also
1: check out the francis and one though no
0: you, you have to because if because you mentioned him and so i'm guessing you you know like a little bit about his story but that episode it's uh francis doing the majority of the talking right joe Rogan will pop in here and there to kind of just uh you know guide the conversation but uh yeah. it's the majority of francis telling his story on how he uh you know uh, got from Cameroon uh, to Paris. Uh, and how he you know wanted to be a boxer but then kind of got roped into mma and how he basically ended up where he is now and it's it's a crazy story like yeah yeah like he he got very lucky on how he got out of uh the situation of, of being in cameroon just to even get to paris like just that whole stretch the way he explains it and the shit that he went through it's it's mind-blowing yeah. it'll make you appreciate everything that you have like way more it's insane it's unbelievable
1: what what people are go through to like do that kind of shit i definitely gotta listen to it I listen to, I've, I've heard the synopsis of his like like the journey that he had to go through mm-hmm. i haven't heard like in detail i'll definitely have to listen to that
0: yeah yeah and you, you should definitely check that one out because i i always encourage people like yo like even like yeah and i get like there's, like this weird stigma to to listen to joe rogan i wish i totally get but like just all bias aside um if you want to hear a great story, that one is pretty insane. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I definitely have to listen to that one. I think I listened to like, uh, I don't even remember which ones I've listened to in back in the day, probably like the Henry Rollins one or whatever. Okay.
0: That, that was a good one. I, 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 you know, you mentioned like scientists. I like, I feel like every episode that is done with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has always been like pretty entertaining. Yeah. Do you like Neil deGrasse Tyson? I'm not like a huge fan of his, but I-, I think those episodes are entertaining. Cause like, I I don't follow him, but like when he pops up, I'm yeah. like, Oh cool. Like I- I'm interested to hear what he has to say.
1: Yeah. I like him, but like, I definitely think there's been like other, uh, scientists that, that like aren't as pedantic as him. Okay. But, like kind of like, like that's the thing about Neil grass. He's a brilliant man. Like he's really fucking smart. It's just like, bothers me his whole, like, Twitter persona. No, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, no, I, I, I get oh, that. They call a TKO a technical knockout, but there's nothing technical about it. It's like, dude, just stop. <laughs> like every every New Year's, he has to post something. Like, being like, oh, you know, there's nothing significant about a New Year. I'm like, okay, we get it, man. It's like, fine. Like, the like people have, there's cultural reasons, but it's not like scientific. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Um, but he's cool. I mean, I did like uh, a lot of the stuff that he's done in the past. Um, I really like. Um, like sp- like uh, this sounds stupid because I'm I'm not as educated on it as as I should be, but I like like the space stuff and everything that he talks about. But I really liked um. Have you ever heard of this guy Brian Cox? He's a professor. Um, he used to have this he had this mini series called Wonders of the Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, really worth checking out. I mean, I think it's like six episodes or something. It's a hundred percent worth checking out if you're ever interested in that kind of stuff. Because I think that guy is like such a good voice for for what it is. And like he talks about things that's in a way that's not, it's not like he's talking, not that Neil deGrasse Tyson is like talking down to people, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's very clearly like he is bestowing upon you this information. He's teaching you something, right? Which fair enough. Some people like that kind of delivery. What I liked about Brian Brian Cox and the way he delivers a lot of the stuff he talks about is he's excited about it. So it's more like he's sharing this information with you. He's like, yo, isn't this cool? That this happens and this happens and this happens and you could see how excited he is about it Mm -hmm. he's not doing it from like a point of view of like oh i'm teaching you this like i'm the teacher and like look at this look how how much i know about this stuff he's just so excited about what he's talking about that like it like shines through kind of the way that uh, carl sagan was
0: okay Okay. for sure Uh, and do you know where people can watch that show
1: i think it was on some streaming service at one point it was on uh, it was on a really niche uh one curiosity stream or something they have a lot of documentaries okay they have a lot of documentaries and stuff the only reason i knew about it is because my internet provider gave it to me for free okay so i saw it on there but it used to be on i think it was on the nat geo or the discovery channel back in like 2006 or seven or something like that Mm -hmm. a long time ago so maybe some of the information's outdated at this point, but I don't know. I think it was a great series.
0: Yeah. I think some of my more uh, favorite uh, Joe Rogan episodes these days or whenever um, uh, it's, it's been a while, but um, for a while uh, he was having I, at least like once a month, he was bringing on somebody to talk about UFOs um, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm, I'm really uh, curious about all that stuff. So whenever he would have, uh, you know, uh, people on, uh to, to talk about that stuff i was always like okay cool like let, yeah let, let's hear um if there's uh, no, an see at this point it's like yeah like there's been like you know some not really like major developments but at least like you know having like with like the government like acknowledging um and th- like they, they don't even call me ufos anymore what, what, what's the the new term i can't remember i don't remember uh hold on this is gonna bother me i yeah. I'll, I'll look this up real quick um but yeah, but they have like a new term for UFOs now. Um, okay, they they call them uh UAPs. That's the the okay. New, that's the new term. So, uh, which is pretty interesting. But you know, they uh, obviously uh, they were supposed to like release all the documents they had or whatever because of uh yeah. our our last president. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think anything ever really came out because I think it, it, it had passed that deadline already. Yeah, um, they're
1: probably they're probably waiting for like something that like. The, like some bad report to come out and then be like oh look at this isn't this crazy It's a picture of a real alien <laughs> just
0: be like oh fuck. okay uh, when uh epstein gets spotted uh alive yeah. they're gonna be oh wait here's here's your distraction that's not really him
1: <laughs> tom DeLong was right all along man
0: what a you know I had no idea that he was like super, cause I'm not like the, I, I like blink 182, um, but I was, I'm not too familiar with everybody in the band. Um, uh, but apparently yeah. that was like common knowledge that Tom was like really into that stuff. So when he went on the, uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, I listened to that episode. I'm like, holy shit. I didn't, I had no idea that he was like, like that. It was, it was, yeah it's pretty surprising for me.
1: Yeah. He's like fully invested. I mean, to, to a degree, that's just like, like, holy shit, man, you're putting a lot of your personal wealth into this. Like that's, that's pretty insane though honestly if i was if i was rich like that maybe i would be doing that same shit who the fuck knows i would hope i'd be doing like philanthropy or something instead or like not uh or just like giving away the money but investigating ufos and shit sounds cool too
0: sounds like a pretty sick way to to spend it it'd be a great way to end up dead in a ditch somewhere
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can fucking get too close to the information man
0: (laughs) yeah uh, whenever i become rich uh, whenever i hit that powerball i'm i'm just gonna disappear I'm, I'm i'm gonna do the podcast from a remote location on uh, jeju island uh, no uh, jeju island um, out in south korea uh, yeah uh, yeah so th- that's as general as i would like to get Gen- i' would be a super villain super villain like who yeah what,
1: what, I, uh what? dr doom maybe
0: okay i don't know is there some sketch there's
1: probably oh well, i mean every every super villain is like there's definitely something sketchy about him but i always like dr doom and that's probably partially because of mf doom okay but uh,
0: yeah that's i would get one of those like metal suits yeah i, I remember um I, I used to watch the fantastic four cartoon and they found out that underneath his suit he has a diamond suit yeah. um so you know you know what's crazy too is um you mentioned dr doom and uh, i i'm like a huge fan of like you know comic books and like the comic book movies and to know that he's Going to come at some point in like the next couple of years is actually pretty exciting like is it yeah because uh so uh you know uh marvel had gotten the rights from fox uh well because they 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 bought fox right uh, disney uh yeah. disney bought fox so now they have the, the, the rights back to uh the x-men and the fantastic four and uh they're gonna be coming in like not not this phase but like i think like, the, the next phase and obviously it's the fantastic four are gonna be there like you know one of their biggest uh you know foes is dr doom and obviously yeah. like he was the villain in the last movie um which was like it was okay could have been a lot better i i love the casting but um i'm just excited that it's that we'll finally get something proper because um even though uh, uh spoiler the eternals was probably the weakest um um you know um Marvel uh, Studios movie. Uh, I still feel like the other stuff that they have coming is going to be way better, and they'll be able to bounce back.
1: I um I haven't seen Eternals yet. I've had friends tell me they liked it, and that mm-hmm. like it might be worth seeing. Would you say it's worse, or you you would say it's worse than Thor two?
0: No, I, I can't. I, okay, I, I can't be that. that, that no, <laughs> I it, say it's, like, it's like um just the. I just feel like with what they had um, given us it, w- it wasn't like super necessary for them to, to do the eternals because like I don't even know who was asking for that movie because like those characters, yeah they're important in terms of like the entire like lore but yeah. in in terms of where the MCU is at at this point in time I don't think it was super necessary to try to introduce um, these uh, you know superheroes who aren't even that popular because because it, it's hard enough for them to write to I um, was like they've struck uh, you know gold with everybody that they've introduced so far yeah because like they're not too off brand right but when it comes yeah. to, to the eternals not that many people are that familiar like like they're not household names right if you go ask oh, yeah, like no. name uh you know the who's in like the group of the eternals you know probably not gonna be able to tell you that but um it's not as bad as thor too.
1: i used to be a big comic book guy and well i say big comic book guy but i used to be like a into comics and everything and i don't know anything about the eternals to be honest like i was pretty much just strict like spider-man dude okay. and when it came to like those multi uh universe kind of things or then whenever it got to stuff with like i mean i've read some of the x-men comics or whatever um i really didn't like get into whenever they got to like those huge things that was happening like galactus or whatever like mm-hmm. i kind of like tuned out whenever they would have a story like that i like very much like the street level
0: for sure kind yeah of, like
1: stuff so i I don't even know about the eternals and i used to read comic books all the time Mm -hmm. but um so i'm 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 gonna see it but like i uh definitely none of the trailers have like given me anything to latch on to like at all other than the cast like i I, I know who those people are
0: yeah the the cast is cool but i will say the second post-credit scene makes it all worth it if that Okay. Okay. And it, and it's like, it's, it's not even like, uh, uh, I don't know if you want spoilers or anything like it, it's no, been, no no, no, no. Okay, yeah I, I won't spoil it for you. I don't even go looking for it. Cause it's been talked about in like, obviously it's out at this point, but, um, like the director, uh, she has talked about it in interviews. Cause like people had asked yeah. about it. And she like confirmed certain things. Um, but for me being like a, a big fan of everything and just a fan of this one particular, you know, thing that, that happens, um, I'm like, okay, if the, if I had to sit through like an okay movie for like, you know, two hours or however long it was and, and one post-credit scene before that, this was totally worth it.
1: Yeah. I'll t- I mean, I'm going to see it. I'm gonna, I'll see how it is, but definitely like, I don't know. I'm more, I'm more excited about other stuff happening, uh, in the comic book world. I'm excited for moon Knight to, to be a thing. Good old moon Knight.
0: I was really sad that it wasn't Keanu Reeves casted.
1: Who is cast as moon Knight?
0: um oscar isaac is that his name oh really yeah oh that's cool yeah. i just
1: saw him in fucking dune today okay Um it just came from uh watching dune uh just before doing
0: this that's awesome and you don't want to stream dune um, from your home
1: no I, that's a movie i feel like you gotta see with like a big screen like it's a it's a spectacle like seeing it on screen i mean i don't know i never watched the first one i don't know anything about the books or whatever this is the first time me seeing something like that mm-hmm. i think it's definitely worth it to see on like a theater big screen, big sound and everything, the Hans Zimmer soundtrack and everything is, like, fucking crazy. I loved it. I know some people are, like, not crazy about that movie, but it's, like, it's like hard sci-fi. It's, like, yo, if you're into, like, hard sci-fi, like, it's, it's fucking worth it. Movie rocked.
0: Yeah, I, I enjoy going to the movies until I have those bad experiences. Um, oh, yeah. So, it's just, like, man, like, when I watched Eternals, uh, had a bad experience and I was just, like, man, this would have been so much better if I was Here at home with my really uh, nice, you know, earphones with the bass, you know, booming. Uh, And I could just mind my own business and I have to deal with uh, all this extra stuff.
1: Um, I do lose my mind. I do feel like I'm becoming like fucking manic when I'm in the theater and someone's like talking like I'm just I lose my fucking I'm always I'm 100% the guy. That's always like confronting whoever's talking. <laughs> I'm always really like, "Yo, shut the fuck up!" Like it just drives you fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, I I've only done that one time, and uh, and uh, it was like the remake for, or, or not the remake, but it was um the live action Aladdin because I'm a huge Disney guy. So me and my buddy were we're at the the block. Um, and it was like I think like a midday showing. It wasn't any It wasn't like the night up right. So like, we're we're there in the Dolby theater, and these guys next to us won't shut the fuck up, and I'm just like, "Yo." this is Aladdin. This is my first time. This is like my favorite Disney movie ever. I'm not going to stand for this shit. So I, I like had to lean over. I'm like, yo, shut the fuck up. And, uh, and I was like, you know, I, I sounded like a dick and I was, I was willing to get into a f- fist fight uh, with these dweebs. that wouldn't shut up like before the movie uh, was about to start. It, it was so frustrating. I think
1: I almost, almost every single movie I go to, I tell someone to shut the fuck up. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't go to a ton of movies, uh-huh. but like, yeah, when I go and there's like someone talking, I will, I'm always that guy. Luckily, no one at Dune was talking. Okay. I feel like everyone at that point, whoever's seeing Dune is like, they're in it because they want to see the fucking movie. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like a popcorn movie. Like, yo, this is this is two and two and a half, two hours, 45 minutes, however long the movie is like hard sci-fi. Like you're, you're in it. Um, mm-hmm. Like every other movie I've gone to see, like, i i always tell someone to shut the fuck up i don't know why i'm always sitting next to people maybe it's jersey maybe it's the theaters i'm going to like always there's someone like i naturally talking like full volume or whatever that's, that's crazy. So it's like yeah. if it's like a kid with his parents i'm not going to be that dude yeah. <laughs> but like but if it's like i don't know some dude in their 20s that are just like talking i was like fuck you shut up yeah Drives me nuts.
0: yeah no and it's like dude it's like it's so common so dude you're going to a movie you're going to watch a movie you're not going to be social in the movie you know
1: yeah so yeah it's like th- like people that go on like dates at a movie it's like this is fucking weird you just sitting next to someone silent for two hours yeah. like i don't know that was feels it feel, feels weird like when people are trying to have a conversation it's like yeah you should get to know them after the movie that would be cool.
0: <laughs> yeah i think that the last girl i w- took to the movies is like a first date was like fucking years ago because yeah, yeah. You're, you're totally right like if you're trying to get to know the person and you're trying to vibe out and like it's the movie is not the move
1: yeah yeah i mean it's like it's like cool to have like something to talk about afterwards and everything so you have like a, a centerpiece for like what you can talk about other than like just plainly getting to know someone so i totally understand it from like that perspective but like i've been to movies where like i've heard people like asking questions about like their personal life and everything like trying to get to know them it's just like what the fuck is going on like yeah. dude there's a giant movie on the screen why are you talking about this for why are you even here
0: yeah it's like this isn't the place weirdo.
1: yeah go to dinner later it's fine
0: that's crazy first dates i first dates are uh, always fun i feel like the last like probably like the last uh long stretch of my life all my first dates have been in disneyland yeah yeah
1: it, oh wait disneyland's in, in california right
0: yes that makes more sense.
1: <laughs> it's like, well, damn dude, you're traveling far. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah,
0: no, it's, it's like 10 minutes down the road, like surface. Streets. Oh, right. no, okay. Yeah.
1: It makes a lot more sense. It's like me going to six flags or something.
0: Okay. For sure. Um, but damn. Okay. I don't, I don't want to get too, uh, into my, uh, all the first dates. Uh, <laughs> girls listening will, uh, they'll, they'll be upset. But anyways, I, I going way back to the band, um, uh, prospect. I, I I'm curious about a couple of things. You had this promo sure. tape that you put out with, uh, new morality zine. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Nick. I, I love everything that new morality zine, uh, is doing and have done. But I'm, I'm curious how uh, you guys linked up
1: um nick has been a really cool person like since we put out no other way okay i think when we put out no other way in 2018 i think he and i just started like casually talking like uh through like instagram dms or whatever like mm-hmm. he would like react to stuff or or and, and shit like that um i think it was like shortly it, it was right after he Cause I put that out right after he put out an alignment of Flaherty by uh, rule them all.
2: Great. Um,
1: so like I, I, he was on my radar like right away as soon as like he put that out. And um, and then when we put out um, no other way ourselves, I was like, think I was already thinking of like, what's the next thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but he and I have like talked for a few years. We ran into each other at um, I think a back to school jam. And then I think, he, I think we ran into each other at Sound and Fury 2019. Oh, wow. Uh, you are there? Some, yeah, yeah. I was there. My wife got her head split open during Fiddlehead. It was really fucking
0: funny. During experience. Fiddlehead?
1: Fiddlehead, dude. She got like axe kicked in the head. Jeez. Someone, like, someone did like a stage dive and their boot came down right on her head and had to get four staples. It was a fun uh, experience in LA. Insane. Yeah. So... I. <laughs> yeah so that was that was a that was a fucking experience Mm -hmm. um she's fine she's she's tough um but yeah i ran into him there i ran into him at like a um back to school jam out in jersey um and so he and i have like kind of like exchanged like little things back and forth every once in a while and then um when it came time to do something new with prospect uh he was like the first person i thought of I was like, oh, I want to do something with Nick. Like, he's genuinely invested in what he does. He genuinely loves the shit that he puts out. He's not someone that's just going to put something out and just kind of be like, oh yeah, it's out, and then like never post about it again. I know some friends that have gone through that with like uh, certain—I won't name names—but like I know friends I've gone through that. They like put out a tape or something, and then just like that was it. That was the end of the story, and like they didn't try to like promote them anymore, and didn't seem like equal. Um, enthusiasm. Whereas like Nick, even before we were like involved in like doing this kind of stuff, he was like enthusiastic about what we were doing. So I'm like, of course I'm going to go to someone who's already enthusiastic about what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I hit him up early this year. I said, Hey, we have a record that we're working on. Um, I want to work with you. And he, he was like, Hey, like, He loves what we're doing or whatever and then i think it was at a time he was like i don't know if i could do extra projects right now but i'm going to consider it or whatever because he like likes what we're doing and then thank god he considered it and now we're like working together on stuff and um we'll have another we'll have a record out next year with him so we did this promo tape as a way to like just get our get our stuff back in people's ears mm-hmm. get, let people know that we uh still exist and you know uh, we weren't posting that much last year or whatever we had a show in january of 2020 um but during all of the pandemic well a lot of people were like able to work on stuff i unfortunately was like not able to work on a lot of stuff uh during the pandemic i was working in healthcare and it was kind of a crazy ass time to be doing that kind of stuff um so we had to put something out to like, hey, look, we still exist. This is what we're this is like a little taste of what we're gonna do. And then uh yeah, I mean I'm super happy with how it came out. Pete Maria did the the art of that, the promo tape. Let's see, I got one right here. All my cassette tapes.
2: Like um
1: that. yeah, he did the art. He fucking killed it. He's doing the art for the record too. Um, which is pretty much done. The the record is pretty much done. Oh, uh wow. I'm waiting on a guest vocal. Um, I was from, supposed to record them. Um, Can you say? Well, I don't know if I want to say because I was going to say I I was not able to record their guest vocal because they got COVID.
0: Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. All right, all right. Well, <laughs> so I
1: won't say who it was, but when the record comes out, you'll know who had COVID. Like, oh, that um, that person had COVID. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I was supposed to record it a few weeks ago, but they got COVID, so that did not happen. Um okay but it's pretty much done i'm just like uh, i'm waiting to do that guest vocal and then we'll be sending it off and i think pete is pretty uh pete should be sending us back like another revision of the album art mm-hmm. and then we'll be good to go and then hopefully hopefully delays of everything don't push it back too far okay. but we'll, we'll have to discuss it further once we get to that point
0: that that's what i wanted to talk to you about because um obviously everybody has heard about these uh you know delays that the uh you know pressing plants and what kind of situation are you going to be in are you going to send it off and wait to get the vinyls uh, physically before you like you know have the album on streaming or are you going to just you know have the pre-orders the vinyls going to come down the road but the album is going to come out digitally like do you know what the game plan is
1: um i guess it depends when we send it off like it'll be a conversation with nick to like think see what he thinks is the best course of action but i imagine mm. it's going to be a thing where it's like when we send it off what's their timeline and then like what's the timeline will determine like what we do from there like are we going to just put it out on streaming first or are we going to wait until it's in their hands and i'll I'll probably have that conversation with nick in the next couple of weeks and then we'll see what we even do. Cause you know, who knows with how crazy some of these vinyl things are, like how, how insane the uh, delays can be. Um, hopefully there's like a, there's like a couple like smaller distributors that hopefully aren't cl- as clogged up as some of the main ones. Mm-hmm. And then maybe just do a short run that might cost a little extra, but I won't be able to make that decision on cost or anything like that. But um, hopefully, hopefully we figure it out. And hopefully it doesn't take uh, fucking forever to actually come out because the record's already been taking like a long time because of the pandemic and everything, and then getting married, uh, delayed some stuff too, <laughs> for
0: sure. But I guess at, at this point, um, at least you have the promo out, right? That's, uh, hopefully en- enough to hold people over until, uh, you know, things get settled with the record, um, yeah. whatever that is. Um,
1: and I'm trying to plan some, some weekends. Um, and everything to do to like actually like get out there too more Mm -hmm. because right now we played the uh, warren record release um back in august and that was like our first show back but i'm really trying to play a lot more um tried booking a couple things and it just like i'll i'll be i'll be booking a a couple weekends next year for sure Mm -hmm. and then i actually would like really like to hit the west coast next year i really would like to do that Especially because Kevin, our, our our guitarist right now, is uh, in Seattle. But, like lives in Seattle. It's kind of a crazy situation we got going on with like that. Oh wait, um, is, is,
0: is, he also plays in Warren. Yeah. Okay, I I had met him, and they're like, yeah, like isn't it weird that his their guitar player lives in Seattle? I'm like, he does. Because I was like, oh, yeah. that's crazy. Because I, I I met him in Wilkesbury, so I didn't know that he, he lived out there. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He lives out there. He's a he's a great dude. He also plays in that band called Prim. They're like uh like in i'm bad at, at genres but uh more on the indie rock side of things okay. Uh, okay a little grungier indie rock a little more like fuzz pedal kind of indie rock
0: okay you said uh, uh, prim prim yeah
1: p-r-i-m
0: okay i gotta um, check them out
1: yeah they they kick ass i really like that i like his music um and then, and then he plays oh what the fuck's his new band
0: apex predator oh yes i was actually talking to uh, uh joey um, cause, uh, you know, obviously a uh, gag played, um, yeah, SUV and I was, I was talking to Joey about, um, apex predator. Cause I was uh, curious about their name if it had to do with the video game apex, but it, uh, for anybody who's curious or who knows about the game, it, the band has nothing to do with the video game. It's not a video game reference.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that band's cool, man. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, Kevin's in that band too. And, uh, that guy, Casey, who's, um, the fuck band is he in? He was in, um, lower species, Mm-hmm. and then he and joey have that podcast every movie is good yes yes i love that podcast that that those that fucking that podcast cracks me up all the time
0: yeah i i love their their chemistry i i love how uh consistent they are uh they're, they're doing awesome things with that so there's so much
1: animosity but it's like not real animosity mm-hmm. i just uh, met joey for the first time last week and uh not last week two weeks ago in jersey okay uh, when he was at the Blind Justice show that happened in Asbury Park, um, that Fatal Wound is playing, which is Dan's new band.
0: Yeah, he was supposed to drop their their demo. He he tweeted out if this gets one like, he was going to leak the record, and I don't think he ever did.
1: Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I um I heard a version of it. I don't think it was the finished version. Okay. okay. See if uh, see if he said which one it was.
0: Okay yeah no dan, i don't have anything. dan's awesome i'm actually uh going back to wilkes-barry uh at, at the end of the month and i'm yeah. uh i'm trying to set up an interview like a sit-down interview with dan like even though like he's coming on the podcast in december yeah. i'm trying to do like a, a a separate one not having to do with uh hawkeye because that's what we're going to be talking about
1: oh okay so yeah he's 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 real into like the marvel stuff too
0: yeah and, and he's awesome to talk to. And like uh, even I, I think that that first day, Warren probably had the the best set of the first day.
1: Yeah, I really wanted to. I, I really wanted to see them again. And I also really wanted to see gag.
0: Yeah, gag was awesome.
1: Like gags. is a fucking awesome band. Like, I love what they're doing. Um, yeah, Warren Warren's awesome. I mean, I've I remember the prospects that when I was telling you that the first out of state show that prospect ever played was in wilkes bear mm-hmm. it was actually with Warren, um but we didn't really know each other back then the the lineup it was it was it's a crazy lineup to think about now but it was Warren, one step closer um fence cutter and prospect oh wow. and it was I at it was at that church in wilkes bear i forget the name of it
2: oh i'm not familiar Uh-oh
1: um there's like a lot a lot of videos from back in the day at that place it was a really cool venue Mm -hmm. but the funny thing is is that like warren and prospect played together all those years ago um and neither of us ever remembered playing that show together because like both of us were like different versions of band of the Mm bands like i think I, i forget who was in warren at the time but it was like a different lineup and everything and there was like it was a relatively similar lineup for prospect, but it was like a totally different, like kind of music that we were doing at the time. So neither of us remembered each other's sets or anything like that. And then like years, years later we became friends and then we like played a show together. And then it came up on like one of my memories on like Instagram or something. It's just like, Oh, remember this show from like two years ago? And I looked at am like, fuck Warren was on that show. And like, I definitely watched them. And like, then it came back to me that I like watched them, but like, it was just a different, a totally different like vibe of them back in the day i mean they've been at it for a long fucking time yeah. same thing yes. same thing as us i mean same thing with one step closer i mean one step closer has been at it for fucking ever yeah and they're yeah. paying off for both warren and one step closer which is so fucking sick
0: and hopefully you guys next it, yeah it was definitely it's sad for me to hear uh, you know when fence cutter decided to call it quits but i'm happy yeah. that those guys are still involved in doing other bands obviously
1: yeah i was sad when fence cutter called the quits too um but i mean i knew where they were coming from they were just kind of like ah, you know let's just start something new like okay so now we have cut down and, and uh never again
0: yeah yeah two bands instead of one so yeah Good trade off, I guess. But yeah, like I, I've always had a lot of respect because even like you know y- you mentioned that show, even those bands, uh, Fence Cutter, warn One Step Closer, uh, th- those are like some uh, you know people that I really appreciate. just way back when I started the, the the podcast in the early days. Those are some of the the bands that I talked to um early on um in like you know their careers, and even early on for the podcast. Um, yeah, and it was all thanks to to Nate uh, Proshuti from Choice to Make. He You know i i reached out because i was i loved the choice to make demo and he was like hey like you know this is really awesome like you should uh you know check out some of these other bands from our area like these are like some you know people doing some awesome stuff and he just hit me with like a a a list of people to that i should reach out to and i hit every single person on that list and um you know one step closer warren was on that list like you know uh, some of the members and they've always been good to me like you know friends for years at this point now so like yeah I, i always like have a great appreciation for uh those guys warm what's up closer and fence Scudder, because you know jason avery came on like years ago and, and were very supportive of uh you know what i've done and still what i'm doing today like like even finally getting to meet them like a couple weeks ago it was finally awesome to be able to see them in person
1: yeah i mean they're they're great people i mean like i've they they and the whole perth Amboy scene is like they're carrying the torch for new jersey hardcore right now and like the the shows that they're able to put on like Jason and Avery like they they are 100% like the best shows happening right now um, I mean not that there's a, a shit ton of shows happening right now. The scene's yeah. kind of in like a weird rebuilding period or whatever, but um, they're able to do like some really incredible stuff with with everything they do and the Perth Amboy scene and all those kids um, have always been like the most supportive and like real. Like hardcore people from Jump, like they've they've been the, the the coolest fucking people. I respect the hell out of them, um, and obviously they're really good friends of mine. I'm happy to be in a band with uh, with some of them. And then the same thing with One Step Closer. I mean, One Step Closer is the one that booked us on that show in uh, Wilkes Barre, okay, uh, which was a crazy show. Though I looking back on it, like, uh, it was it was the record release show for One Step Closer's. I guess it was, I don't know if it was a tape or an EP, the thing that came out before From Me to You, which I don't even know if it's online anymore.
0: Yeah, um, and, well, the, they had the the, the promo with uh, Led to Grey and I think it was a cover song. Um, I'm not sure if that's the one you're talking about.
1: No, no, no. It was before before all of it. Um, it was like, a, the, the cover was like a person in a field or something like that. I can't really remember the name of it or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the record release show for that thing so i think this is like 2015 okay and uh we were like a late addition to the the thing but they they had us come on and then for whatever reason uh it was like one step closer than us than warren and then the second and one step closer started playing and i knew that we were playing after them i'm like oh man like this spot be, there's no way there's there's nothing you can do to like top like that set like mm-hmm. at, at that show um, but they've always been like super supportive in the same way that a lo- all the Amboy kids have been.
0: Yeah. And I, think- I, f- I feel like that's what, um, it's like really important, right. Is to, to, uh, you know, build these relationships and to, to just be supportive because you don't really know, uh, you know, where anybody's going to go, right. They, they could, uh, drop out, disappear, or they could turn out to be, you know, the next big thing and, uh, want to take you with them. So, I, I just feel like, uh, just to create these relationships and just, uh, just be real and just have these real friendships and, uh, you know, support each other along the way. Cause I feel like that it, it, it goes a long way when you, you think about, uh, you know, certain situations and, uh, to, to have friends like that. It's, it, it, it's awesome. Cause, you know, it's, it's easy for, for people to kind of just, uh, you know, kind of uh walk away and not want to support what you're doing when it's w- when it's nothing right when you have uh no uh kind of like foundation built or no reputation people are like oh yeah we don't really want to support your demo your zine your podcast yeah. whatever it's probably gonna be whack anyways but um to to keep those people around that supported you in the very beginning i, I think is very important
1: yeah i mean it's like even beyond like You know, oh, this person might do something cool one day. Like these people have like legitimately been the enthusiastic people in the scene. Like they're they were the young enthusiastic people in the scene when Mm -hmm. Prospect first started like getting like getting started. And when Fence Cutter was just getting started, like around the same like prospect started way before, but when we restarted, Mm -hmm. uh Fence Cutter was getting like their footing and everything. And um yeah, like they were the enthusiastic people like those are that is the scene like yo it's more so than any like fucking established like old heads or whatever they're just like the enthusiastic people that actually like hardcore and actually give a shit about it and they they support these bands because they actually love them you know or like they actually like the, the what they're doing or at least like at some degree they they enjoy what they contribute to the scene and so it's like you you have to you know Give that respect back, especially when they they know what's up. They are the the torchbearers for for what's happening, and anyone that like you know anyone that like thinks otherwise is just like I don't know they're fucking nuts. Like 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 what what is it other than like the enthusiastic people in the fucking scene? Like I, mm-hmm. it's fucking boring outside of that. I don't I don't want to be in a fucking room with like a hundred old heads that like maybe they were in some cool band like a long time ago like. I'd rather have like a bunch of fucking kids there, like, like
0: running around and
1: shit. Like, fuck all the the old stuff. Fuck it.
0: Yeah, no, I I I totally get what you're saying because um, uh, way early on and just just trying to um, and it's not like it was like a like a big like hassle or whatever to to get people to come on the podcast, but like I would run into situations where people didn't believe in what I was doing or um maybe didn't understand because uh you know podcasting and hardcore it's still a few and far between right there's uh you know still some popping up uh you know here and there but there's not like back then like i started this in like 2017 there wasn't like a whole lot going on yeah so um i i always uh remember those people who were uh so down to to want to or, or, or who even believed in what I was doing because it was always yeah. just so important and cool to me because I was like, oh, all right, cool. Like I'm not such a weirdo for wanting to do this, and it, this probably could work. So, so like, yeah, it, just like just those, like people from like the early days. Um, I, I just always uh, mean so much to me, even if they don't know it. Yeah,
1: yeah, of course. I mean, like, I don't know. It is, it is a nice feeling whenever you have those, those, those people around. And you're right. Back in 2017, I don't even know like podcasting really wasn't what it was, what it is now. Like not,
0: not even that, like, dude, I, I used to give people like, cause, cause people would ask me cause cause I would talk about podcasts all the time. I'm like, how are you guys not listening to the podcast? Cause I've been listening to Joe Rogan since like, uh, and I'm not trying to like flex on everybody, but like since what it, it had to been like, 2009 2010 because you, yeah. you know the only reason why i got into podcast But here I'll, I'll tell everybody this now i got into podcast like listening to podcasts because i was so obsessed with mixed martial arts right i i would uh you know go to the the mma junkie the mma fighting uh ufc.com and i, I would read all the articles and i followed uh and i still follow like errol Holwani, uh you know uh, uh what the hell's his name I can't think of his name now, but, uh, John from MMA junkie. I, I can't remember his last name. Uh, I, I still follow these guys to this day and it got to the point where like the, the news and the information weren't moving as fast as I was consuming it. So I was like, man, there has to be something else. And yeah. then, uh, you know, uh, hearing about, um, uh, what the hell is like the, the big message boards for, for MMA? Well, I can't think of it right now? I'm drawing a blank. I mean, it used to be the Sure Dog and the UG, yeah, underground. The, the Underground. So I, yeah, I remember yeah. going to the Underground and you know uh, not really, and I wasn't the biggest fan of message boards because I I wasn't like the the B nine and I was like, oh, oh yeah. this is like whatever. But like you know, being on the Underground B9 was a
1: different fucking animal. <laughs> yeah,
0: different animal. But uh, being on the Underground and hearing about oh, like you know. Uh, uh, as in, we listen to the, the Joe Rogan podcast, um, you know, uh, Eric Holwani has this show, um, MMA Junkie Radio. It does like a daily thing. I'm like, well, I'm like, what? There's like like a podcast, so that's how I got into it. I started listening, like, the first podcast I ever listened to was Joe Rogan, and then I branched out to um, uh, more of the MMA stuff, uh, MMA Fighting, uh, uh MMA Junkie. Uh, I, I used to listen to Fire and the Kid, um, and th- that's literally how I got into this. It was all because of MMA. Yeah. I remember
1: like. I don't even remember what the first podcast I listened to was but I do remember hearing about it. There was a show. I don't know if you remember there was a there was a channel called Tech TV.
0: Okay. No, I I don't I don't think I remember that.
1: It turned into G4. Okay. I I, I definitely
0: know G4. Yeah,
1: yeah. there was a, before G4 yeah, there was a channel called Tech TV and okay. they had this show called The Screensavers because I was an ultra ultra fucking nerd okay. in like middle school and high school I watched like the screensavers and like attack of the show and shit like that like way back um back then like 2005 2006 or something mm-hmm. and i remember them talking about podcasts on that and i was like i don't understand what the fuck this is like who who wants to listen to, like talk radio like that's so boring it was like i didn't think anything of it like i was like 14 at the time now i listen to podcasts all the fucking time and it's like i listen to them more than music now and it's just like I, I wish I would have like known more about it, like early on, like back when I first heard about it, when it like literally like first started and the only way to do it was like having like iTunes, like subscribe, like RSS feed subscriptions Mm -hmm. on like iTunes. Um, but like, I, it probably didn't start until like 2015. I started listening to like some political and like history, uh, like podcasts or whatever, like real boring stuff but uh not to me i mean i enjoy it obviously for a reason yeah but like that's what like got me into it i think
0: was like politics and like history the only history podcast i ever listened to was like uh you know like hardcore history that's a great one and then um history on fire i don't know if you ever listened to that one i haven't
1: listened to that one okay uh hardcore history is awesome though i mean that's a great that's a great podcast there's one i really like right now called behind the bastards
0: behind the bastards okay
1: i want really good okay it's, it's a little more, it's, it's definitely a more colorful listen than listening to like hardcore history. Yeah. Hardcore history is very history channel. It's like, it's like I'm going to
0: class or something. You yeah. Know?
1: Yeah. I mean, he presents it in such a great way, but behind the bastards a little more colorful and it's mostly about like bad people throughout history and like shitty things that have happened throughout history. And he throws in, he's usually like a comedian on with him to like help the levity. So it's not like you're just listening to the most horrifying things that have ever happened and mm-hmm. just like getting depressed about your day um that one i re- that one i listen to probably more than anything is like that um in terms of like history stuff and then there's like an uh irish revolutionary podcast that i listen to okay well and what's that one called uh i think it's called the irish revolutionary podcast let me look it up right okay. now um this guy Larkin collins does it and he talks a fucking mile a minute Revolutionary Ireland. That's the one. Okay, yeah. Revolutionary Ireland. This guy Lorcan Collins does some stuff about um, the history of revolutionaries throughout Ireland. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, it's just something that interested me, and then I just like sought it out. It's pretty good okay Hell yeah
0: yeah then, uh, and uh podcasting has definitely come a long way um because it, it went from like people like asking me like oh like what podcast do you listen to like what should i listen to and i'm just like oh, i was like i don't know if you would like what i listen to but just know that there's literally a podcast about everything so um, yeah. if you like something there's definitely a, a podcast for it so you should just go and just try to do some research and then it got to the point where like okay like years later now i'm like uh doing this now i have people like contacting me like hey like i want to start a podcast like how should i go about it and i'm like okay cool yeah. like i was like let me tell you how i do my podcast like i'll break down like the equipment that i have like the process how i do everything and yeah. uh you can go from there and if you have any questions like i always tell people like my line is open if if people are curious or want to start something and they think that i might have some knowledge that you know that they might need like i'm more than willing to to you know break it down and help yeah. people because i've never been in like that famine mindset where it's just like no no like there's there's too many podcasts i can't have another one come up you know it's just like now nah, yeah like, as many you know, yeah like as, as much as i listen to there's enough to go around
1: yeah there's there's more than enough and like yo, know, like whatever niche you're filling is going to be different for like every person like i mean i, I don't even know how many hardcore podcasts there, there are there's like you there's axe to grind there is um what's aces podcast name why am i fucking blanking
0: form of passion
1: form of passion that's it Mm -hmm. um like and those are great you know uh but outside of that i am sure there's more
0: yeah i'm I'm, I'm a big fan of uh joe hardcore he has his uh oh that's right that's right he does have that's right yeah he has his uh this is hardcore podcast which um uh his solo episodes are probably like some of my favorite but like i uh, you know he, he did like a two part one with bob wilson I'm, I'm like a huge uh even though I'm, I'm friends with Bob Wilson, i'm a huge fan of him so just being able to hear him yeah uh, tell his story uh what was uh super awesome um but shout out to him for putting out the never again and cut down demos oh shout out rebirth records to yourself a yeah, favor. Rebirth records. And go go support rebirth Uh, but yeah, yeah, now I'm trying to think now you got me thinking like shit, like who, who am I forgetting that people are going to, Oh, um, um, my my buddy out of Canada, shout out uh, Spencer. He does a scope exposure podcast. Uh, he, he, he's really consistent. does a great job up there in uh, Western Canada. has on like a lot of uh, great guests from around the world. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's not a lot out there. Oh, what am I talking about? Uh, Shout out my, my buddy Kyle from uh, New York. Uh, he plays in the fight. He has his uh, covers lovers podcast. Oh, the podcast. cover lovers! Yeah, 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 yeah. that was uh, um, that's an interesting one too because like he, he he does like that you know with the covers. I, I I just love his whole concept. That that was like a really cool that's idea. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, his,
1: that podcast is awesome. I would, uh, to that didn't even come up to me as like an idea of like hardcore podcast because i've listened to a bunch of episodes and it's like usually like stuff outside of hardcore. yeah 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 it's yeah, awesome
0: it's not like hard, it's not it's not hardcore center but i, I don't know i'm um, since he's like obviously like involved yeah, i i just considered it like a hardcore podcast and but
1: most uh, of the guests are hardcore people yeah everything yo the fight is one of my favorite fucking bands right now that band kicks so much ass dude, i love the fight
0: dude i have this shirt that's that's probably like like right here um hanging yeah. and um uh it it has like um all this like crazy imagery it has like donald donald trump's like centered on it and then it's like you know yeah. like, uh you know kkk and all these like other things and, and then it says like fuck the alt-right on it but um whenever i wear it out people always miss that part of the shirt and they just focus on like the, the oh really yeah they just focus on the kkk and the donald trump and like i'm getting yelled at like you know left and right and i'm just like oh my god i'm like you have to look at the entire thing it says you know fuck the alt-right because i i, yeah. I obviously I, i'm not supportive of that shit um so it's like uh, it's always like uh super controversial I always like uh I always feel like i'm gonna get attacked when I wear it out in public <laughs> dude i I get that man honestly I have um the I have
1: that choice to make sure um that's a rip off of fuck who who's the rip from they they did it for the protest last year it's the hand smashing the swastika
0: okay yeah, yeah. Um,
1: it's 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 an homage to another band and I can't remember whose design it was um I'm blanking on that but I have one of those and honestly like the first time I wore it I'm like I hope people realize this is a hand smashing as well as like, like i'm sure people would realize that but that's always been a fucking fear of mine i'm like i don't want to wear this and and given the way i look people might think the the, the yeah. absolute worst thing because yeah, yeah. i get people i get patients all the time if there's ever like a racist patient for some reason they see me like a, a pale white guy with yeah. the fucking clean cut haircut and they're just like Oh, you're on my side i'm like
2: i'm not (laughs) like
0: like, like, i'll take care of you
1: as a patient but i'm not on your side with whatever fucking crazy shit you're about to say
0: yeah they're gonna be like bro did you bring your tiki torches um
1: people say crazy things i mean as you can imagine yeah
0: you see everyone in the
1: public it's just like people say crazy fucking shit
0: yeah i got into like uh this like a uh, TikTok uh, wormhole yesterday i watched like two hours of like karen's gone wild and i was like why am oh i doing God. this this is not yeah. healthy i gotta i gotta get out I, I gotta go outside this is this is really bad
1: the second i see those i just fucking swipe past i'm like i, I i'm a, my blood pressure can't fucking handle it i'm just gonna get <laughs> fucking mad all day for what
0: yeah no, yeah, no, for sure, but but it's just like, and at this point, I've, I've consumed so much crazy like shit on the internet. I, I don't know why that stuff still surprises me.
1: Oh, well, I mean, it's probably good that it does, right? Like, it's good that you have some sort of emotional response to it. Yeah, you're just, just dead eyed, like looking at stuff that's infuriating. I think that would be more dangerous if all of a sudden you are just numb to all the craziness in the world.
0: Yeah, sometimes I just wish I was like, I could just like jump in the video and just start smacking people right just be like jeez oh, nuts yeah, yeah that's yeah. why i
1: can't i can't watch it anymore i just mm-hmm. like scroll past the same thing uh, whenever i see people that I complain about like uh like the health healthcare care workers or whatever like I, every once in a while one of those will come up on my on my tiktok or mm-hmm. whatever and it's just like someone's like medical systems lying to you i'm, like, I'm fucking out I'm scrolling past this i can't i can't deal with it it's gonna mm-hmm. make me mad
0: for sure yeah that's why i i um, i I just love those moments where I'm going through Twitter and I see like the the funniest meme or I'm on like Instagram stories and I just see like my friends posting like the most ridiculous shit. and I'm just like, you know what? the internet shouldn't be free when like this shit's this funny on, on the internet and I'm just like dying. I'm like Man, people like I would pay for that that content, you know, just the just like I'm like in bed just howling at like the stupidest meme, but yeah yeah, th- that's the shit that I live for, like not the you know the weird hate and crazy whack stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, I got. I gotta say, like, I did like a little, I, I was pretty bad with my phone for a long time. Okay. After the wedding, I did like th- three or four days where like I just didn't look at my phone. So we went out to the Catskills and everything. I turned my phone on Do Not Disturb. I used it for maps, and that was it. I mm-hmm. kept on mm-hmm. Do Not Disturb for like four days. Excuse me. Um, and yo, my brain feel like it healed, like just not looking at shit all the time. Like, I, I don't know. I was just like, yo, I feel so much better not looking at this stuff all the time. And now, the past few weeks, I haven't been on social media like barely at all. And it's like, it's such a relief. But at the same time, it's like such a necessity when like doing shit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, as I'm sure you know, doing the podcast and everything, like, how else are you supposed to push this shit out? Right. Like, you got to use social media and everything. And that's the same thing with doing the band and like doing recording and all that kind of stuff. So, like, I have to be out there at least a little bit so that I I can get my name out there to record people or to get stuff going for prospect or never again. It's like, I got to be at least somewhat present.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but like, I gotta say, it was really nice not fucking seeing any of it. And then made me think like, maybe I'll just only post when I have stuff and like, just not look at anything. Like I'll post when there's another live on X to grind or whatever that I was able to do um or i'll post when another recording came out or i'll post when prospector never again has something and then other than that just fucking be off the internet like i just think it's better for your mental health or mine at least
0: yeah no it, it definitely uh, can be because it, it has been uh or has become so addicting um over the years to to, to everyone right like remember yeah. when um uh instagram and uh instagram and facebook went down like for like the majority of the day, like a couple weeks ago and it was, it was like made the news. It was such a big deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't feel like I need to be on my phone. Like I am okay. Like being away from my phone. Like I, I don't like crave to, to go yeah. scroll or whatever. Um, it's just, uh, I, I think it becomes a bad habit when I'm going to bed. Right. Like yeah. throughout the day, like I don't care. Like I, I know I, I got to get some shit done. So I like focus on that. Not a big deal but it's like when i when i'm like laying down and i'm like all right cool i, I gotta uh you know go to sleep because i got you know i uh, gotta get up for work in the morning but then it's just like you know i'm like all right cool let me just check it one last time and then i'm you know there for like an hour i'm like you know so deep in like to yeah. these weird pages that i follow i'm like fuck I, I i did it again i i need to to uh stop this and not want to do it um before i have to go to sleep
1: yeah it's like a it's like I don't know. I don't feel like if I'm away from my phone, I don't feel like like I'm like addicted where it's like oh I I need to look at this stuff. It's mm-hmm. like it's more of a compulsion. It's just like if it's in my pocket, I'm just going to look at it. Like I'm just going to like sc- look at it and scroll just compulsively like I'm not even thinking about it. And then having to force myself to put my phone on do not disturb and just not look at it made me realize how much I do there was a couple times during the fucking trip where i would like pick it up and i was almost about to unlock it and like look at stuff i'm like what am i doing why does my body fucking do this Mm -hmm. like i don't know it's just such like a not i mean it sounds like such an old man thing to complain about but like it it really is a is a thing that's breaking my brain and i need to like just get off of it
0: no i i get that like when i'm uh uh, you know, hanging out with friends and there's like this moment where I, I look around and everybody's just on their phones. I'm like, why are we all hanging out? If we're all just gonna sit on our phones, like let's yeah, you know, and I don't know, but maybe we're just so privileged because we go to, uh, you know, Disneyland so often because we're, we're so close to it. And like, we're in there and I'm like, you know, I was like maybe we should be appreciating this or like appreciating this moment a little more and not, you know, looking at Twitter or Instagram because nine times out of 10, there's not that, much interesting stuff going on at that moment when yeah, no. like like we're all kind of like uh you know we're like taking our own personal time to to come here and be here be here together uh, like why are we caring about what's going on the random yeah. stuff on Twitter or Instagram yeah it's like I
1: want to just like get off of it and then I'll just let my two group chats like they'll just send me all the craziest shit <laughs> they'll just fill me in on what the fuck's happening in the world yeah but yeah like the thing of them people hanging out um and like not being on their their or, or being on their phones a lot it's like it is a is it is a frustrating thing and it becomes like especially when you're trying to like talk to somebody and i i've noticed it along like every age group and like people think it's like a young person thing it's like people have no idea how much old people are on their fucking phones mm-hmm. especially like yo my my job um i'm checking patients in i'm like doing their vitals and stuff And like, there's like 50 year olds that like, I'm like trying to take their vitals or I'm like trying to take their blood sugar or something like that. And they're just like on their phones, like the whole fucking time. It's like, dude, can you put it down for a fucking second? I remember one time, uh, I mean, this happens all the time, but I remember being blown away the first time this happened is that there was like an anesthesiologist came in to talk to the patient and the patient it's just straight up like on their phone the whole time. The anesthesiologist is like talking to them and like asking them questions. I'm like, thinking to myself. I'm like, this is really, these are really important questions. They're asking you before a procedure. Like it's wild to me to think that like, Oh no, 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 no. Sorry. I got to send this email out or whatever. It's like, they're about, they're asking you questions that could really affect your overall health. Like you should be paying attention to this shit. And that was like a 50 year old or something like that. It It was like, an older person that would probably also be the person that would complain about young kids being on their phones too much.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it is strange. Where was that? Um, there was that, that Netflix movie where they talk about um, how like these things are built to, to get you addicted. Well, I can't think of the name? Oh
1: yeah. This uh, social dilemma. No, is that it?
0: I think that might I'm, be it. Hold on.
1: I know what on. you're talking about. And it's like, they're all talking about like the, how like pernicious it is. And like, how I'm like, not
0: good Mm -hmm. for society it is yeah no so it it is called the social dilemma so for anybody who hasn't seen it yet go watch that and find out how scary these things actually are like you're being controlled (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah more
1: more or less um, all that stuff with like all the the algorithms and like how they're designed and everything like even if it's not done maliciously like I'm gonna make you break your brain but it's just like the way that these like algorithms work or whatever, it it's just going to end up in that place. Like, do you remember when they made a that Twitter learning robot or whatever? Did you hear about that?
0: I, I heard about the the Facebook one. Well, I think it was Facebook where it became like a racist um, Nazi in yeah, like, yeah. yeah twenty four <laughs> hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: like a day like it learned like immediately. It became like a Nazi. It was just like, oh my god, like it's not good.
0: It's <laughs> dude, it's like, it, not good at all. It's sick because I. I've known people that I don't talk to anymore, but they like, uh, because of like social media, they would like crave to want to be like popular or they'd 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 like chase after people to like, try to get them to be their friend. And I'm like, I'm like, when did you want that to be like a mutual thing? Right? Yeah. Like, like, like I've never gone somewhere or gone after anybody and been like, okay, like I got to get them to be my friend. I think that's so strange that is a Uh, weird thing yeah and like i I tried to explain to this person um multiple times too like yo like it's sad that you don't realize that you yourself as like you know like you know who you are are a like a cool person right like you don't have to try to be something that you're not but they just had such a hard time uh being comfortable with who they you know were and like wanted to like have this like internet persona and wanted to you know be friends with people who they thought would like make them more popular and i was like i don't think it works like that because like i feel like when you get down to it and you talk to people like a lot of people can see through that kind of stuff yeah and, and, and if you can't be like who you are or like if you can't be like your real stuff, like you're gonna get found out eventually so it was always so strange to me and i I just like it made me really sad because yeah like like because I, I i've never been like that um and, and i credit to the girl who bullied me in middle school um, uh, because I, and I, i've told the story like millions of times but i was never going to give up liking my ps2 and watching anime to be cool i, I always told myself I was like if that meant that i was going to be a loser fuck it i'm not giving up my, my ps2 I, I love playing tekken tag tournament and watching dragon ball z fuck yeah. that bitch um but but anyways um it, it, yeah so it just made me sad thinking like damn like like maybe I, I just got lucky right and i was able to learn that life lesson early on but it, i just i was like fine i was like if that's the path you want to take in life go figure it out i don't want to be a part of this bullshit i'm, I'm walking away um it's weird it's
1: like i mean i guess social climbing shit is like it's not like a new thing no, 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 no. social climbers like they've, they've existed forever mm-hmm. um but there's definitely like an aspect of it that like people want to be like on social media and like doing like making content like, yo, there's like some people I see making content about stuff. Like I'm not going to name names, but like (laughs) some people that like make stuff. That's like, do you actually want to do this? Like, is this the kind of stuff you want to actually be doing? Especially people around my age. I'm like, I'm 30 now. Mm. Um, It's just like, Yo, I understand that there's no age limit to like wanting to make stuff, and if you're having fun doing it, then by all means, keep doing it. Who gives a shit, right? But I see people that are like trying to do a new thing, like they're trying to get a following to just to have a following, and like that stuff is just strange to me. I mean, like I I get it from like a like a macro exp- like uh, perspective where it's like. I get that people want a following because they feel like it'll validate them in some mm-hmm. way or whatever and like that's just kind of the way this works and that's not necessarily new to like social media but like it definitely is weird when you see someone you know in like real life and you know how they are and you know they're not like that kind of person and just seeing them like try to do that is like it is sad but I also understand it so I'm like not like it's not like I'm necessarily going to judge them too harshly for it but at the same time like I wish they were doing it mm-hmm. like it, it's it's just not a good thing the thing that, that stresses me about um, more so than that like people getting social media and everything is like people that get a certain worldview based off of what they see online and that like stresses me out because I've definitely seen people be like oh like the world's getting so much crazy," and it's like well some stuff is definitely getting crazier for sure but like I've had coworkers, you know, people, middle-aged people, a lot, a lot of the, the nurses I work with or whatever, middle-aged people, and this is nurses from back at my old job and everything. Um, and they're nice, amazing people. They're great people. They're not the type of people that you would typically think of, like, um, you know, social media is, like, a problem for. But then you hear, like, one person I, I knew that used to I used to work with um, that was saying, like, oh you know it's just getting more and more violent every year and like that's one of those things that social media shows you is like oh yeah everything's getting more violent there's more violent crime but you look at like a fucking graph chart and it's like been going down so much for so long
2: mm-hmm.
1: and like they have this entire worldview that they've like kind of projected onto the way they live their life based off of like this short selection of, of videos that they see that come up on their feed i don't know does that make sense like that that, that always like that that's the thing that stresses me out is people like making assumptions based off of other people and like how the world is based off of what the algorithm is showing them like their timeline is is reality kind of thing does that
0: make sense yeah that's the scary part because they they're so wrapped up in with what they're seeing on their own timeline and they think that is the norm but it's like no these things are being catered to you based off what you're clicking on what you're liking and what yeah. you're sharing it's like no it's like like these um uh you the, the, these companies they're uh you know like your your data um is gold to them and they're they're, they're tracking everything you're doing so when they see that you're clicking you know oh you know uh knock out in the street whatever like oh cool this guy likes this shit. like and obviously the, they're they're tracking everything from like the watch time to to if you swipe past yeah. it whatever so they're they're literally tracking everything on the one side. Exactly. So, like, yeah, they're, they're, they're gonna wanna, um, obviously push, um, what's gonna give them, you know, all the, the activity, all those clicks. And it's, it, it, and it tends to be the, the negative stuff, right? That, that's yeah. what people are, are drawn to. And yeah, it, it, it is scary when you think about, like, for people who may not be, uh, you know, self aware that, okay, like, um, and, and I, and I see it too, right? Cause when I'm on YouTube, when I'm like, you know when I got into that, that rabbit hole of the the Karen's gone wild it's like oh like I, I watched this one video and now that's what they're trying to flood my feed with I'm like okay cool yeah. let, let me go back to like the 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 k-pop the variety shows the hate five six one nine seven media type stuff yeah to, to get back to what I I really enjoy you know it, just because I watched that one video doesn't mean that's what I um you know am truly interested in
1: yeah yeah and like I I I'm not fucking safe from this shit either i've definitely seen things that's mm-hmm. like come up on my feet and then i kind of like make it like wow this the fucking world is getting too crazy and i'm like wait a minute, like do have i ever seen someone in person doing that like no i haven't and i meet a lot of fucking people um like every single day like it, it i i've definitely been caught myself i've caught myself doing it too mm-hmm. i'm not like uh, every everyone does like, yeah like,
0: yeah and like and to go out into to, to uh, you know try to seek out the the knowledge and do real research right because obviously you know when people are like oh i've done my research I'm like oh, okay like you read a, a, a google link um and they think that's uh sufficient yeah. um and and, and even uh, you know google's uh you know not innocent either because obviously they hide articles or whatever but like i just say google because that, that's what just what i use yeah but um yeah shit. uh even though like um uh, you know like we're like still in like this uh you know pandemic even though it doesn't feel like it anymore Um, yeah, shit's still going on, but not as crazy as before, but, um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, it it is very easy to get sucked into a certain narrative because it's like, yeah, it it feels like, like whatever you're on the, the Twitters, the Facebooks, when, when they see that you're interested in it, it's like, all right, cool. Like, let's just flood them with that. And even yeah. with, even with those, um, you know, I'm sure you've been in those situations where you've talked about something and you've seen an ad for it when you never even searched for it. Oh, yeah. yeah or yeah. even crazier when you just thought about something, you've never even said it out loud. And then it's there and you're like, holy shit. The, how good f- the learning is the 5G is in my arm. And <laughs> yeah. that's where they got yeah. it. That's where they yeah. got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it it can get really dark. And like I, I try not to like, you know, uh, uh, think so negatively. Um, you know, cause I'm, 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 I'm really curious about just what's in store for all of us is like, you know, like, uh, humanity, like in, in the future, like, are we going to go like full on, like, um, you know, uh, utopia, or are we going to go like, you know, crazy? Like, uh, have you ever seen a uh, ready player one? Uh, Oh, I haven't seen it.
1: I've been meaning to see, it. I've only heard excerpts from the book which are really uh weird mm-hmm. uh but i've heard the movie uh, kind of smooths over a lot of the weirdness from the book yeah so it's like i'd be i'd be interested to see the movie am i don't think i'm interested in reading the book
0: yeah the movie's awesome yeah just watch the movie it, it, it's pretty awesome yeah. there's a sequel coming out too pretty soon yeah um but yeah but i don't know uh i don't know where we'll all end up if, if i had it my way i would uh I would want to be born in uh the world of game of thrones get that yeah that, that seems like a crazy ass world to be in yeah like, the you know that medieval uh, fantasy I'd, I'd be fucking up white walkers left and right i'd be yeah yeah i don't know maybe or maybe i'd be riding a dragon or something who knows
1: <laughs> i don't know i don't know what fucking world i'd want to be in mass effect maybe i don't know they got a cool citadel I'd just like hang out there okay some something you could just chill at. Uh, Breath of the Wild, like after, after everything's fine, after Calamity Ganon is gone.
0: Okay, okay. So you're you're still a a pretty current video game player.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, I during my wedding, um Emily walked down the aisle to uh, Zelda's Lullaby, like a classical guitar version of That's that. That was crazy.
0: Her, That's awesome. That was her
1: idea. That was her idea okay. too okay wait yeah.
0: n- now I'm curious I didn't even know that you like played video games uh, so oh yeah obviously too much. obviously <laughs> you have a switch but like what else do you have
1: uh PS4 Xbox One and then like a bunch of the old consoles too I have like Dreamcast Super Nintendo n 64 GameCube I got a lot I got a lot of, I a lot of <laughs> I, I've never sold a video game I've never sold a console
0: oh wow um, that's the opposite of me I've sold everything yeah
1: <laughs> yeah I, I i hoard mm-hmm. like at least with video games and shit i hoard that um but i got i got i don't have a ps5 or xbox series yet um eventually i'll get it it's just not worth it for me yet
0: okay and, and I, even if you wanted a playstation it's so still so fucking hard to get. yeah one. it's impossible
1: but yeah. that's like, honestly during the pandemic video games are fucking the only way i was socializing with people okay. i've been playing like you know dan and i uh have been friends for a long time now but like over the last year he and i have been like playing like just video games with like the dudes in vantage point like doug and russell from vantage point mm-hmm. um and then uh that then kevin and and this guy zach from houston um and occasionally pete and butch from warren but mm-hmm. more so the other guys um, and like that helped help keep me fucking sane it's like how i was socializing it was like playing video games with them for like fucking every day like hours on end for for a while while i was when i wasn't uh you know when i was not going insane at work
0: yeah but yeah
1: i'm a very current player i got a zelda tattoo on my leg
0: that's awesome what is it
1: it's uh the the big goron's knife the broken one
0: okay we
1: got that and uh emily has a bunch of video game tattoos yeah we're fully invested there was a soft zelda theme to my wedding very soft Okay. Like, no, no, if you didn't know Zelda, um, it wasn't like over the top. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we were just like fucking theming everything. Like there wasn't like Triforces everywhere or whatever. <laughs> I like tried, we tried to keep it like very muted. So it wasn't like, I didn't want people thinking there was a theme because there really wasn't. It was just like a little thing here and there. Okay. Like the music when, when uh, walking down the aisle and stuff was, was covers like, classical guitar and classical piano covers of uh stuff and then like on the invitations we had like the font like the zelda (laughs) fonts
0: that's awesome so i I was like picturing like somebody in like a tunic like walking around or oh yeah definitely none (laughs) of that that. but that's awesome though that that that's cool that you have that much love for it um to to include it on such a special day oh yeah
1: i mean uh, we 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 both love that shit we've got our zelda tattoos on the same day Mm mm-hmm Again, went to like some place in Philly and That's got these uh, tattoos. That's awesome.
0: Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't have any video game tattoos. Now I feel like a poser. I've been playing video <laughs> games my whole life. That's uh,
1: probably going to be my only one.
0: Okay. Like, yeah. Now I'm trying to, think really have... what would be my video game tattoo if I got one? I think it'd have to be like either Street Fighter or Final Fantasy related because those are like, or maybe Resident Evil. Those are like the three games that I loved as like a kid and I still play to this day.
1: I love Resident Evil. Uh, and street fighter uh big fan of street Fighter four yo um, for everybody
0: watching on video this is this is what we get down on right here oh shit oh so you're
1: a, you're we're, like a player player like you 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 play street fighter yeah for sure. yeah this is no
0: joke this yeah. is no joke street fighter five uh, uh if, if you if you think you're good let's let's set it up
1: i'm not very good <laughs> i'd be down to play but i'm i'm not very good
0: okay or, um, okay that was an open challenge to anybody listening if you think you're good uh pick up the sticks i'll uh destroy you with laura um let's go yeah laura is a character yeah for street fighter five but street fighter four i uh just played uh ken i'm always sagat okay and that's just it's oh Muay Thai. yeah yeah his um
1: uh, and Adon, on
0: too. for sure that's awesome that's awesome but yeah, video games yeah. Are, 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 are great.
1: I I'm I mean I'm I'm fucking obsessed with them. I'm probably not getting any more video game tattoos, but that's just because I have plans for the rest of my body. Oh, you know what? I plan on getting a tiger on my right knee eventually.
0: Oh, because a tiger knee. <laughs> that is amazing. Okay. Yeah,
1: that's that's the only thing, and that's that's like not even really going to be like video game like themed
0: or whatever yeah it's just a fun reference of people yeah like oh tie your knee okay
1: yeah I'm like oh okay like so if i'm doing like if i'm like hitting the pads or sparring with someone they'll be like oh okay you throw a right knee a lot of times I'm like yes i do
0: okay now wait to so the last thing since you have a switch do you play animal crossing that's that's the real question i do i, do. Oh, I only plays it
1: a lot more than i do but i do play it
0: i used to be in this animal crossing group chat it, that was insane uh, yeah, yeah. till we all got uh into this crazy argument about uh this, uh, I, I probably shouldn't talk about the situation. But yeah, it, it <laughs> got into crazy argument. I was like, "Fuck this, I'm leaving." So I, I, I dipped out. um But I, I do miss that. <laughs> we would all be the best part is when we would all go to each other's islands and just hang out. Yeah, that was
1: like a weird part of the pandemic, right? Yeah, like where it's like, it. I don't want to say it was nice because it was such a bad time for a lot of things for mm. a lot of reasons. But there was something kind of nice at least about that in terms of like playing games like animal crossing with people and like everyone was just like trying their best to relax and just trying their best to like just chill and like that was your way of socializing with people it was like kind of fun at one point um despite everything else happening i mean that's i started playing like call of duty and fall guys with like all these guys um like throughout the pandemic I mean Mm -hmm. them and all the Amboy kids and my one friend AJ too um just like doing that all like I mean the group chat I have with dudes from like Houston and Vantage Point and Warren like was started just because of like playing games and stuff together and now I'm like tight with all those guys it's it's crazy Mm -hmm. like like I've I've known some of them for for quite some time like like Doug and Russell from Vantage Point um shout out to vantage point and c4 uh, and amazing burning
0: band
1: yeah. yeah um gr- great great bands that they're in and everything i mean doug is in c4 and burning lord as well um great guitar player um but i was like you know i knew them you know prospect has played a couple of shows of vantage point or whatever um but it, we weren't like tight and then like through this it's like we like all of a sudden we're like way better friends i mean they were at my wedding like I I, it's kind of a cool thing that happened like a silver lining to all the bullshit that Mm -hmm. was like happening last year. It's like, Oh, I was able to actually like somehow socialize through like the internet and like able to like be friends with people. Like, I don't know. It's, it's just like an interesting, an an interesting silver lining to everything that happened.
0: hundred percent. Well, damn Sean, this has been, uh, such a pleasure, uh, for me likewise yeah I, i'm a fan of uh, prospect i uh you know love never again so it, it was awesome to be able to have you on the podcast and uh, you know talk to you about those bands but also just to get to know you on a whole nother level because like i said i had no idea you were into um, you know combat sports at all so that oh yeah. that to me just um i, I always perk up because it's always fun to be able to talk to somebody who knows about that world
1: yeah well thank you so much man i really appreciate uh your time and everything i had fun and uh yeah I'll, we'll definitely be talking a lot more especially about fights
0: 100 and yeah I'm, uh, you should come back on whenever the record drops absolutely yeah we'll, 100%. We'll, well we'll set that up but okay but before we sign off is there anything else you would like to say
1: uh i don't know just check out bands and, and uh listen to the live on Axe to grinds check out cut down and never again warn uh vantage point prim obviously check out prospect uh, <laughs> if you got to this point of the podcast i hope you at least check that out mm-hmm. um yeah uh, that's pretty much it just check out cool bands start bands
0: all right well there you guys have it thank you again for tuning in and we'll be back soon